Welcome, specialists, coaches, dads of kickers, moms of punters, relatives of long snappers, and dogs that check kickoffs to the Iceman Kicking Podcast. It's the show with cold questions and even cooler guests. We are here to talk about the ins and outs of special teams and specialists. And I am your host, Brett Arkellian. Before we get into the episode, a few reminders. We encourage you to tweet about today's episode. Tag us at Iceman underscore kicking and use the hashtag Iceman Kicking Podcast or Cool Under Pressure or Big Kick Energy to let us know what you enjoyed about the episode or any recommendations for who you'd like to see on the podcast next. Also, if you are interested in any of the fantastic information discussed here today, you can find all of this and more in the Kicker's Bible. Proven training methods and secrets used by professional specialists by yours truly, Brett Kellyan. It includes tips from over 20 NFL specialists, along with numerous personal accounts from Eagles Hall of Fame kicker David Akers and current University of Florida analyst and ex-NFL kicker Shane Graham. Visit IcemanKicking.com or go to our Twitter bio to purchase your copy today. Now sit back and get ready for one cold episode. You know, if we were last in the country returning punts, I might not be on the podcast. So shout out to the uh, R&B team. Hey, and everyone listening, man, y'all order my dog's book, man. Y'all stop playing with my guy, man. Iceman Kicking, go get the book, The Kicker's Bible. Order the thing. Support this young man. Right. Today I'm very excited for this guest, uh, you know, because he's been a part of my development and starting out when I was a younger coach, just trying to learn, okay? Uh, today we have Chris Hurd, all right, a native of Killeen, Texas, who was a walk-on, all right, and lettered for four seasons at North Texas. Not only did he letter, but he earned a scholarship, and in 2002 and 2003 was the recipient, recipient of the Byron Gross Award, bestowed to the best linebacker on the team. He was also first-team All-Sunbelt in 2003, and Defensive Player of the Year. His career started out at Cisco College. He became a GA at North Texas, also appeared in roles as a special teams QC at Arkansas and at Tennessee. Uh, eventually, he moved on there to Florida Atlantic. Uh, with the Owls, he made an immediate impact coaching such all-conference players like Lucky Whitehead, uh, Dalton Schomp, uh, and numerous other ones. In fact, his specialist, Dalton Schomp, averaged nearly, or nearly half of his punts were over or at 50 yards per punt. From Florida Atlantic, he moved on to UT Chattanooga, uh, coaching great players there, and now has landed at Akron. Coach, welcome to the cold seat. How you doing? Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. Excited to be here and appreciate the great intro. Making me feel good and remember some things about myself from back in the day. So. Just glad and excited to be on. That's awesome, man. That you know, we had to uh, do a research, and especially with you, we got a long list of accomplishments there. You know, I got one question. We talked about in the past to you know the, the struggles that you went through growing up through the you know your your career. Um, can you tell me one example of when you were really living that GA life or that QC life, and you had to, you know. What, what what did it take? What was one of the most, uh, you know, extraordinary times where you were putting in the work and you 
you know, one of those crazy stories from those days. <laughs> Go back. I tell you, you know, I got, you know, when I got in my career, you know, started like, you know, started there at North Texas, Cisco Junior College was, you know, I think that was a trying time. You know, when you go to the junior college, there's some great components about it. You get to be around a bunch of great players. You know, one of the things that I learned there, you know, at Cisco was, you know, you get to become a jack-of-all-trades type of coach. You know, you're very humbled. You know, you can come out as a young guy. You can go, you think, you know, you're going to go out there and have this immediate career and all this kind of stuff. And you're going to go, I'm going to come out there in a couple of years, I'm going to be, be a coordinator here, there, all that kind of stuff. But when I got to that opportunity, you know, to go there. And I got under some great mentorship of John Parchman, who's a legendary coach in the state of Texas um, and got to learn under him. But, you know, you're, I was there and I got, I was a dorm, I was in charge of a dorm. I was a dorm coordinator. I was teaching a bowling class. I was the equipment manager. I cut the grass. I lined the field. You know, I taught, you know, I was, you know, various positions there and academic liaison, you know, whatever you name it, you know, we did a lot of different things. And, drove a bus, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, kind of, you know, put into perspective of what you need to do and understand that you just need to put in the work and the time and the effort and energy and whatever the job is asked of you that you got to go out there and do no matter what it is, you know, and, you know, don't take, and that's, you know, as a young coach, even as an older coach, you know, you got to go out there and, you know, be willing to humble yourself to just get the job done or do just what needs to be done, no matter what the task is and what it is. And, you know, I, I learned that there and it helped me. I got my opportunity. One of my old coaches called me uh, to go get the job at Tennessee. And, you know, and that was really when I kind of jumped in and got my feet wet with special teams and everything. But it was different. You know, you're going from West Texas Junior College, you know, we're out in the middle of nowhere where there's a there's a gas station and, uh, you know, you know, it's podunk and country as all can get out. And then you go to the, you know, Tennessee volunteers and you're in the middle of the SEC and high expectations and the crowds are incredible and the fans have high expectations. you got all the support, resources and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you go in there and you're like, all right, I got to go out there and do a good job. And, you know, taking what I, what I learned in those four years and that mentality you know, kind of, because you come out, I was, you know, I had, like you said, I had some success as a player. We had some success on my team and you've got some, some swag, you got some bravado about yourself. And again, you're going into your, starting your career and you're, you're all gung ho. And then, you know, and you come there and you got to humble yourself doing various jobs. You know, heck I was, I was there and I had to, part of my summer job, the way I got paid, I was in charge of a, of a crew of, maintenance guys and stuff like that and we built a the women's locker room redid the women's basketball now I never I'm not handy by any means but that was my job our task and we figured out how to do it you know I think I talked to every guy in the in the ace hardware shop on how to do certain things but taking that mentality when I got to Tennessee and just again it was different it was on a different level as far past whatever anything I've ever done and you know understanding the the amount of time, the energy that I was going to have to spend there. And I ended up doing it. And, you know, my first year there was like nobody's business. I remember my first month on the job. I remember I got a call from coach Russell to call, you know, he gave, gave me that opportunity. I found out on a Sunday, I was coming back from a clinic in Lubbock, Texas. And he called me and called him back, said, yeah, I'd come. And I was there on a Tuesday night, you know, packed up my, my stuff. I was throwing things in the garbage, throwing it down to the, the dump and all that kind of stuff. And I got out to Tennessee and, you know, I remember that first month, I think I lost 30 pounds, you know, and it wasn't because I was exercising or doing anything athletic. I was, heck, I was up there, you know, we were up there at five in the morning and I was, 
you know, stay until the ends of the night, midnight, one o'clock, whatever it was, and just wasn't eating. Then go to the, go down to, I think it was at Crystal Burger and everything like that and order a couple box of things of those and just munch on that and everything. But just, uh, you know, understanding there was a different level and there was a different, you know, expectation and standard that needed to be done. And so there's things I, I had to keep doing over and over and get it right. So you had to put the time and energy and effort into doing that. And, you know, when I, that going into that season, heck, I, you know, I was up there six nights a week. You know, I was, I think Thursday night was kind of my night off after we got done with the, the we were morning practice team, got all the stuff I needed to get done for game day as far as all the paperwork and all the charts and all that kind of stuff that you needed, depth charts and everything like that. Then I'd go home and, you know, see my girlfriend at the time and then who's now my wife, you know, so how she stayed with me, I don't know, with staying up there six nights a week. And then after game day was done, then you're going back back in the office and, Heck, numerous nights I'm sleeping in the office, sleeping on couches, sleeping on towels that I borrowed from the locker room on the floor and everything like that. But, you know, this, you know, you got to put in your time, your effort. And again, it comes down to, you know, you putting all that energy and effort in, in order to put out a successful product. Because anything you want to do and you want to make sure you do it to the best of your ability. And you want to go out there and make sure what you do and what you showcase in your ability and your in order to get your job done has got to be at a high level. And that's what I was trying to do there. And is it glamorous? No. Is it what you expect? You know what I mean? When you're going any place, whether you're taking a new job or whether it's in the SEC or whether, you know, it's here at Akron, you want to go out there and do things the right way. And you want to make sure you make a, a positive footprint. And that's just kind of, it was tough. It was trying. I'm not going to lie to you. There was times in the office, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I sitting up here and I'm the only one in the office? You know, and that's one thing you learn as a special teams guy is you'll put in more time and effort, not, you know, just because, you know, a lot of us, you know, a lot of guys, like most of my career, I've had a special teams, you know, special teams and then a position tied that. Well, the offensive defense, majority of your day is working towards that offensive defensive position. Then you start working on your special team stuff at night. And, Again, there's no time clock. You know, you just got to find a way to get the work done, no matter when the when the clock, you know, what the clock says on the on the watch and everything. Whether it's 1 a.m., 2 a.m., there's times where, heck, I went down to the locker room, slept for about an hour and a half, got up, and met the, you know, saw the coaches coming in the office, and I'm walking out of there trying to put water on my face and get rolling. You know, and you know, as a young guy and QC and everything, it was important because I understood it was a stepping stone, it was an opportunity for the to gain more guys in my network for me to go out there and do a good job and hopefully help set me up to learn more and obviously hopefully enhance my ability to go out there and, and gain, you know, a position. But that was a trying season. That was a trying job. And, but I learned a lot. I, I gained, I gained so much of just getting in there and being in the office and being around and, you know, being a sponge and learning from guys and hearing them and sitting in the meeting rooms and sitting in the offices and finding different perspectives, finding different outlooks. And, you know, and heck, sometimes when you're in that office that long, sometimes there's other coaches in there and heck, you may have the defense, one of the defensive coaches, the offensive coaches, even though I was the special teams QC, heck, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And you, you know, it was, you know, built, was able to build some relationships there and some value and some trust and, you know, it was good. You know, that was tough. It was hard. And, you know, everybody's got to pay their dues and everybody's got a different journey. You know, some guys are a little bit easier than others. Some guys, you know, face a little bit more adverse, but you know, the journey is the journey. And again, we, we got to take every part of that journey to, you know, mold and grow you and 
you know, it's, it's been good for me because it, it set me on a path that, you know, led to the, a lot of the values and what I feel, you know, got me to this position and have gotten me in my career and what I think are important. And, you know, no matter where I go, what I do, that I'm going to stay true to no matter what. And that I learned those at a lot of different places, whether it be Arkansas, Cisco, you know, FAU, you know, Tennessee, you know, UTC and Chattanooga. You know, it's it's all been different and all different perspectives. And, you know, it's it's been great. It's been a great journey and enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a lot of life lessons that you definitely learned from that <laughs> trip. And, and man, I mean, it, it's good to hear, too, as young guys, like, all right, is that normal, me, you know, staying here to all ends of the night when no one's in here? You know, is that normal or is it, you know, normal to not get any sleep? Like, yeah, like other guys are, are doing the same thing. So it doesn't make you feel like you're, you know. I don't know, putting in work for nothing. You know? No, you're, you're definitely putting the, you get, you're putting the energy, you're putting the effort. It's just, hopefully you find different ways to be a little bit more efficient so you can get those hours cut a little bit and enjoy a little bit of the life that you got. But again, what are you doing it for? You know, there's different parts of the, of your season that where you understand where there's going to be some grind to it. There's going to be some tough components to it. It's going to take time. There's going to, there's going to be days that are longer than others and, you know, that's part of the job. And especially when it comes to special teams, it's just, you know, I know that different people look at it different ways and maybe not, you know, see it, think it is that trying, but it's, you gotta, you gotta put your guys in positions and you gotta put them in and get them out there on the field and try to create, you know, opportunities for them to be successful and take advantage of, of your opponents and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and you got to go out there and find, again, it's one of those things that you're trying to find ways to get those guys to play hard and tough for you and keep it simple so they can play fast, apply what, you know, apply the tools in their training and then go out there and just u utilize their athletic ability to go out there and make plays. There's no question, man. Well, one thing I always try to tell myself is there's beauty in the struggle, you know, and there's, if it was easy, everyone would do it. So. You know, the you you know the scars your scars on your body tell you a lot about the lessons that you've learned and so you know oh, no yeah. matter what it is they they teach you something and they're there for a reason they're always whether it's a reminder of what you've been through to you know push you forward in tough times or just understand you know there's always a, a great light at the end of the journey. Hundred percent, hundred percent. When I was at Tennessee, we just had we had one coordinator and the head coach who were kind of you know ran the thing and then when I got to Arkansas. Coach Bielema's belief was the, he split it up against four assistant coaches. So, you know, Coach Partridge, Charlie Partridge was our, in charge of punt. Randy Shannon was in charge of kickoff. You know, Joel was in charge of uh, kick return. You know, and Tabor Johnson was in charge of punt return. So I got to work with four different guys, which was incredible. And then the head coach, you know, Coach Bielema was involved in all of it. And he, he actually coached our shield, you know, on our punt team. Um, and so he was heavily involved. And so he'd come down to my office all the time, you know, where our slappies were and he'd come in there and be late at night. Hey, what do you think of this fake? What do you think of this? And we'd watch fakes together and stuff like that. And heck, we implemented a couple of them and they worked and it was, you know, it was fun. We, uh, the one we ran against Rutgers, you know, when we played at their place was incredible. Just threw it to the snapper. How about that? Got a, he got special teams player of the week because we threw it to him and he got blasted. Now our, our partner threw it up there and laid a lollipop up there. And he got smoked by the returner, but, you know, and so, you know, I've got fortune. And then when I got to FAU, Charlie, who was our D-line coach at Arkansas, who was the, in charge of punt, you know, he'd been a special team coordinator at Wisconsin and a lot of different places over at Pitt. And so he was heavily involved in everything we do, you know. And then 
you know, and so it was, I got to learn from him. And again, another guy that was, you know, that I knew I, when I came up with an idea or I came up with a scheme that I better make sure I have my homework done or why we're doing it. We're just not doing it to implement because I think it looks cool. I saw South Carolina do it. So let's do this. You know what I mean? Or it was because I think this is going to help us. And I think it's going to give us advantage of the opponent we're playing or with our scheme to cause some, cause some pre or some stress for our opponents and stuff. So, you know, that's, you know, I've been very fortunate. I got to Chattanooga after FAU and Coach Arth. I mean, I've, I get more time here at Chattanooga and now at Akron than anywhere else I've ever been. You know, the amount of time that meeting times that we, that I get, you know, for just for meeting everyday meetings, the time I get on the field, the time I get in our practice periods, the walkthroughs in camp, um, heck in this COVID time when we got an opportunity to get our guys back. You know, we, during the summer, even whether there was virtual, we were doing virtual meetings, install meetings. Where I, heck, I think I, I think I had like 17 meetings this this uh, during this off season. You know, and shoot, man, and they're 20 minute meetings. You got to, I got to install things multiple times, and I got to put in a lot of our philosophy stuff, and got to put in a lot of our, you know, go over examples of you know, to try to create the buy-in type stuff. You know what I mean? We got to, I got so much time that I got to be able to do all these different things. And, you know, that's what's different, you know, that I, we, I've just got a lot more time here. And, it, you know, and, and I'm very grateful, very, very, very grateful for that because not everybody gets that. I got buddies that, hey, you got seven minutes to get two units in. Okay, let's roll, you know, and, you know, some places are better than others. Yeah. Man, I'm, that's, that's really what I want to hear about too is, not just the X's, X's and O's, but, you know, that buy-in stuff or that stuff, the way, way to influence your guys. And especially, I'm sure you got to get more into that this offseason, this fall, than you ever have before, right? Because you just had so much time. Yeah, and that's that's that was the big thing. We got we got a we got with you know we didn't do a ton obviously in the spring. Obviously, we lost our spring ball, and it was more academic driven. Keep our guys on task, and you know offensively we did more offense and defensive type stuff. But once we got into the summer, uh, when they normally be on campus and stuff, you know we started implementing these meetings, and you know really just kind of started off with some philosophy stuff, and then you know, kind of why are they important? Why are, what's the importance of special teams, you know, and just kind of, you know, and giving them a, a variety of facts, a variety of different ways to look at it, you know, just how it affects the game. You know, one way we did it what, that I thought was really impactful. I, you know, there was a, a couple of teams that we, that played uh, last year. And the reason one team won over the other was because of special teams. You know, and so I highlighted that game. I got the I got the film of it, and I went through it, and I pulled out the clips. You know, at one point, the team's down. This team is down twenty-seven to like uh, twenty-seven to six or something like that. Twenty-seven to six, going with eleven minutes in the fourth quarter left. You know, and there was just a variety of plays that led up of special teams plays of. You know, there was you know in the first half there was a botched you know with like thirty seconds left. One team punted it, backed up. The returner, you know, muffed it, dropped it. They got on it, ran a couple plays, clocked it, kicked a field goal, got them six points going in, got them three points going in the half. They get in the fourth quarter, you know, they wrap off a big return, go down and score, kick an onside kick, go down and score, block a punt, set up a score. And then they go on a big drive after a great special teams drive and after a special teams return and then go down there and kick a game-winning field goal to win it. And came back and won thirty to seven, twenty-seven. 
So we were able to highlight things like that and saying, hey, I know you guys don't always understand what these plays do. And you see these big momentum plays, but you go out there and make explosive plays and just talking about, you know, we talked about the field position battle, you know, how you got to win that to set up, have a great offense, have a great defense to, you know, you get explosive, you're setting, you get explosives, you're setting up your teams with great field position. And that's what it's about. How can we win the drive start average? How can we set up our offense and our defense in optimal field position? You know, it's about creating those explosive plays. Can you outgain the explosive plays of you over your, your opponent? You know, and then, you know, just kind of highlighting on those things. And then can you create extra possessions? Can you, you know, all the little things that you're trying to do. And so we show, we, we highlighted that for one. And then, you know, another talk we had was uh, trying to think of all the talks we had. Another, we had a bunch of them. Another talk we had was just showcasing because everybody has the aspirations of playing in the NFL. You know, everybody's motivated by doing different things. You know, and is it playing time? You know, that's one thing we talk about all the time. If and I ask them, you know, I, you know, I kind of stole this from the guy over at South Carolina. I was fortunate to listen to him uh, talking this off season and. You know, he had a great talk about, you know, just how they try to create some buy-in. And I kind of just kind of took it and ran with it a little bit and just kind of talking about playing time, your love of the game, and you want an opportunity to play in the NFL. Well, guess what? You're most likely the opportunity that you're going to have is that, you know, unless you're a marquee player, guess what? You're going to have to play on special teams. And if you truly love this game, and I, I know we go up there and I, and again, I stole this right from him, so I'm not taking credit for it. Uh, I go, hey, how many of you guys love the game? Let them talk, you know. And then you go playing time. It shouldn't matter. If you love this game the way you love it, then it shouldn't matter what type of rep it is. So we called it, you know, the value of the rep. Just like we talk about the value of the yard, every yard counts. Um, and so the value of every rep. So if you're a true, or truly a great player and you're a competitive player and you really love this game, well, guess what? you're going to want to play on every, every, every play that you can. And it, no rep is no, no snap is different than the other. An offensive snap is not valued more than a defensive snap. And neither one of those should be valued more than a special team snap. So we talked about that, you know, talked about, you know, uh, playing in the NFL, just like we talked about is, okay, you're not a marquee player. You're going to, the majority of guys don't get very many years in the NFL. You know, you got to find your way onto a team each year and you may get cut from one. You got to fight your way onto another. And guess what? The best way to create value for yourself and the best way to make it, get put a decision uh, in your favor when you got two guys that are, you know, on paper and everything's even, you weigh the same, you you look the same, you run the same, you create the same production. Who's going to give you that more special teams value? Who's going to who's going to create that versatility? Who's going to, you know, on game day when they need extra guys at different positions and have some versatility to play a lot of different things? They're going to choose that guy, you know, and. So we talked to him about that. So we, you want to you want to create that value. You want to be that guy. We'll showcase it. And so, and I've been very fortunate to be able to talk to, you know, some special teams guys. I know some special teams guys in the NFL, and um, you know, and talk with them about their decision making process. We've got, you know, I'm very lucky with the staff that I'm. Coach Arth, you know, John Carroll. He's a John Carroll alum, and our staff's got quite a few John Carroll alums. And you know, you got a ton of them in the NFL, and a lot of them are with the Patriots, for instance. So, in the Patriots guy. You know, DJ Debick, you know, comes to our school all the time. And, you know, he played for Coach Arth and worked with him and everything before he got his opportunity there. And I'll sit down with him and I just ask him when he comes through, I just ask him, what are some some things that you guys look for? And I write them down and I put them in those presentations. Um, and and just kind of highlight this to those guys. 
you're saying what do you what do they look for as far as players or just yeah like what what are your separation factors uh-huh. you know what when you're looking to make these decisions on these borderline guys you know these guys are going to make your 53 man roster when you're in the preseason these guys are making their cuts what's what's the decision making process is it all based on numbers and when you get down to that certain number and you got two guys that are fighting position what's going to be the what's going to be the difference you know what I mean? What's going to be the separation factor? And it's going to always come down to the value that he has for the team in the long run. You know what I mean? What versatility does he have for the team? Can he do multiple things for you? You know, and plug, you know, it's a Dutch boy that, can, you know, he's got to, he's got to plug holes with his fingers. That's the same thing. How many holes can you plug? How many things can you do for that team to keep yourself on it? And that's how guys, you see guys that have made careers on special teams is they're just so valuable on those teams. You know, Raven Trone's a great story. You know, you, I highlight Ray. You know, Ray's a, now the special teams coordinator at, uh, at the Indianapolis Colts. And he played – I think he had eight, nine years. And he was a, didn't play very many snaps, you know. And, uh, heck, you know, and he, play, he made his career. He was a 40, with the 49ers. I think like 2013, 2014, he was like their special teams player of the year, you know, for them. Uh, he played with the Patriots. He played with a bunch of different teams. And when he retired – he mainly was hired as the assistant special teams coach for the New England Patriots, the best organization in NFL football. Why? Because of what he did, how he played. You know, I mean, there's a couple of different stories like that. And it, it's just, you know, it's cool. So, you you know, you high, we highlighted, you know, some of those guys and their stories. And then, you know, then we finished the talk off with our, you know, talking about your best players got to play. And if you truly think you're one of the best 11 guys on the field, no matter what, then you should want to play on all special teams. You should be one. You should want it. We should want to put our best 11 out there. And if you truly believe in your heart and what you are, that you're one of our best, then you should be out there and you should want to be out there. So, you know, kind of put that into a talk, you know, one time, and I know I'm getting a little long and winded and all that kind of stuff, but you know, it's, it's huge. And we spent, I think we spent six meetings talking about just buying and just the importance of special teams. I highlighted a couple of players there, Ashton Duncan that's uh, up with uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. He was a guy out of Malone College here in Ohio, you know, Division II school. He was their star receiver, but he played – he was one of their star special teams guys. He was a special teams player uh, stud for him, you know, and was an, an fantastic. And he got – how did he make it up there? He got – he went into camp, got cut, signed him on to the practice squad, played the practice squad, got into week four. Guess what? They brought him up on special teams. And then he, he killed it last year in 2019, crushed it. And guess what? They signed, he, signed on, he signed a two-year deal that paid him over a million, you know, over a million dollars, you know, for what he did on special teams. Now, he's adding some value at receiver too, but his role was, you know, I, you know, I was able to talk to Bubba up there, uh, Raven Trona. I asked him, and he goes, yeah, he crushes it. You know, he comes in, does what he's supposed to do. He knows what he needs to be doing. You know, he's been out there and been productive. He's got great speed, great agility. He makes plays. Well, guess what? That's what they're looking for. So he just kind of, you know, highlighted him, highlighted, and I can't remember. I, I'm, I wish I could pull – I should just pull it up and find his name. There's a, a guy in the Patriots. Um, was it in 2019? He played 820 snaps. 820 snaps or something like that over his career. Over That was what it was. 820 snaps over his career. 819 of them were on special teams. Something like that. So you, and and then he goes and he signs a a one year contract this last year, 
He just left New England. He just signs a one-year contract with uh, the New York Giants for over a million or over two million dollars. One-year contract for two million dollars, and all he does is play special teams. So you can make a career out of it. So you know, just highlighting that, and you know, we talked. You know, I don't know. You know, on the teams talk, you you probably uh, what's the guy Reinbold or uh, it's a part oh, with Jeff, Jeff Reinbold, yeah, yeah. So like he talked that one time about transferable skills. Yes. You know what I mean? Of just so I went through and I went through our season, went through some offense and some defensive clips and found transferable skills, blocking, tackling, um, you know, ball security, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, what, and we just went through it. I defined what a tackle was, you know, got with our defensive staff and said, all right, you know, because we talk about tackle levels, you know, tackle, you know, level three, level two, level one, those type of tackles. Talked about the different types of tackles, whether it's a profile uh, angle, cut, shadow tackle, and described them and, and showed those tackles of what, you know, those tackles on defense, those tackles on offense, you know, showed, um, you know, we got on with ball security, you know, showed examples of ball security within special teams of how important it is that the snapper, you know, how would this, you know, got to have a great snap, whether it be field goal snap or punt snap showed some good ones and showed some ones where some snappers and I tried, we had a couple last year, but I showed, I didn't want to be negative on it. So I showed somebody else, watched a bunch of film and try to find other guys uh, and showed them snap, you know, bad snaps to the punter. Guess what? It didn't, it didn't equate into something positive. You know what I mean? It ends up he getting tackled back there. The punter dropping the ball, Yes. you know, things like that. The returner, not, you know, not fielding the ball correctly in a punt returner and causing, you know, a turnover, you know, not catching the ball, you know, moving forward and some issues on kick return, you know, sideline, you know, kind of your sideline drills and your sideline criteria with what, how you want to catch the ball towards the sideline and the decision-making process over there, just things like that on when you carry the ball, you know, the ball security that we've got to have. And then, you know, transferring over that into blocking, you know, saying, Hey, look, these are the same blocks you guys are doing on offense on the perimeter tight ends, fullbacks, running backs, receivers. These are the same type of block and showing those examples and just kind of using what he was talking about and showing our guys the transferable skills of what we're working. We're teaching the same things. It may be a different terminology here and there based on, you know, the the unit and stuff like that, but it's the same skills and they're all transferring for you to be a better offense and defensive player. And I think, you know, it's important to kind of, you know, go into that component because they all, like I said, they all want to be great offense and defensive players. You know, and, you know, we did a talk like that, like I said, and then and then we had the head coach talk twice. The head coach got up there on our first meeting, enhanced what his thoughts on special teams, his importance, how he plans to, you know, implement that into our program. You know, and then he came and talked again. It's been a whole – it's been a team meeting. And then what we – and with all these meetings, these, these special teams importance meetings, the whole team was there. It wasn't just guys that played on specialty. We t- I talked to the whole team. So, you know, just kind of creating that buy-in with that component has been great this year. Now we'll see if it <laughs> if it turns into anything. But and then I think you gotta you gotta try to create, you know, a special teams culture. You know what I mean? You gotta try to find something that they can buy in and try to try to create your own motivation there as well. You know, as far as with the players and 
getting them motivated to come into practice to give what they give their all in camp and you know and I think you do that through you know through motivation of you know praise on the big screen in front of people you know giving them credit showing great clips you know and I think you also got to watch how how you critique the guys in the meeting and understanding your team and understanding these guys nowadays but I think you got to when you're criticizing them, it's not you got to find ways to highlight the mistakes to be corrected but do it in a positive way that they don't feel like you're coming at them you know what I mean and I think that's important I think you got to and there's there's things that I think you can go at them a little bit with I don't think you know technique fundamentals you got to clean that up but if it's effort energy you know attitude in in the play then I think you can go at them a little bit because that doesn't that doesn't require anything it just requires your commitment to your teammates and by not doing that you know it's a slap in the face and I think you can go at them a little bit with that but you know I think there's ways you know you're highlighting with graphics creating graphics for them on special teams players of the day of the week you know when you get into camp and stuff having you know rewards for those guys if you get special teams player of the, of the day you give them you know candy whatever it is a blizzard from Dairy Queen you give them like we give shirt like we gave shirts that nobody in the program I went to our equipment manager and said, hey, man, what shirts do you have that you haven't given anybody that maybe even if they're a couple years old that you guys had in the past and we have these cutoff shirts. And so, you know, give those guys to the special teams player of the day and that type of stuff. And then in the season, you know, we, we had these shirts and like our, our special teams culture is the shadow warrior. And so came up, you know, that we have, a, I had our graphics guy, Nick Carillon, he did a fantastic job of creating all our graphics and stuff, but it's like this shield thing and it has SW and Akron on it. And then our kind of signal for our, you know, cause what we kind of, it's a battle ax. You know, I found my dad's a military guy. And so I sent his, his butt to like a military surplus store. And I said, Hey, find me a, a tomahawk an axe or something like that and so i got this tomahawk this badass killing looking machine thing and so had him buy that and send it to me and so i get up there in one of the early meetings in camp and i get that thing and i talk about the culture and what it is and i got this battle axe and i take the thing off and i start beating up my chest hoping i don't impale myself just to and they're just waiting for it to happen and but but I, you know, and but that's like we have that, and what we do is we have a special teams player of the week every every week, you know, and so during the game week, and they get these, we have these shirts made, and only guys that win that get the shirt. So I gave those, they get guys to walk around, they have their shirts, and then you know at the end of the season you have a you got the point leader, and everybody you can get points, you know, by doing certain things positive. You can lose points by certain things negatively and all that kind of stuff. And we keep it tallied up, posted up all the time. You know, highlight you know who the who the guys are and where they are each week, and then you know at the end of the year I put that I get that axe and I put it in a, I get it you know send it somewhere and they get it they put it in a shadow box and we get the we get a, a plaque thing made and put it in there with their name. So, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. And they get to take it home with them. I just tell what I tell them. them the and, I, huh? You give them the X. Yeah. Now I put, I, I get that thing framed up. So if it comes out of there and it goes and it's, it comes, it gets, it does something negatively. It's, it's not on me. I gave it to them as a, as a, as an award, as a, a showcase of good faith. And I go, Hey, if you, if you go out there and do kill somebody with it, I paid cash for it. So, uh, can't get traced back to me, but, uh, but yeah, I give them the ax and it's cool. And it's, it's neat. Cause like on the back of the shirts, we got two axes again, another graphic our guy made. It's just, it's cool. And so, 
you know, try to get them to buy into that. And I think there's things like that that you got to get them to, to buy in. And what we talk about with like our shadow warrior culture is like, and I got this. And again, I didn't, I don't, I'm not smart enough. I got a North Texas education. I ain't smart enough to, uh, to go out there and think of a ton of stuff on my own. But, you know, I was fortunate when we were at FAU, we had a guy named Major Mueller, Coach uh, Partridge had brought someone in. He was a Navy SEAL, you know, Navy SEAL, was a Navy SEAL trainer for a lot of those guys that you've seen on the movies and stuff like that, that he came in and spent a week with us and presented to our team and talked to our guys about the mentality, you know, that you've got to have, you know, to be a true warrior, to go out there. And, it, and a lot of it comes down to being selfless. You know, the, you know, and what the shadow warrior is like a Navy SEAL type of deal. And again, we're not Navy SEALs. Don't get me wrong. Uh, is, you know, like those guys, like the Rangers, the Berets, the Navy SEALs, everything that they do, nobody knows about, you know, nobody, they do everything like in the shadow, in the dark, under, you know, nobody, it's all under confidentiality type stuff, you know, and this is the same thing with special teams. I and mean, that's what I talked to them about is with special teams. Nobody, you go out there and make a play. It's cool. Nobody pays that much attention and all that. They don't know who that guard is on punt, who the left tackle is on kick return. They don't know that stuff. Nobody pays attention. They'll know who the offense and defense starters, but they don't know. They're not paying attention to that. You know, you got to make a big play. They're going to hoop and haul, but that's about it. So what you do is not for the betterment and to be, or, you know, betterment of yourself or to be glorified on game day, it's going out there and it's a service. It's a service to your team. It's a service to your community. It's a service to the brotherhood that you serve. And so what I, that's kind of what we talk about is, you know, we do it and we prepare ourselves for those moments, not because we're going to seek, you know, fame or, or glory. It's going to be because we love the guys next to us and we want to play for those guys in the community, the school and the people that have given us an opportunity to do what we love and how we do it. And so, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. We're, you know, still trying to build it and go. And the more, the longer we're here, the better it'll be. And the more these guys, you know, keep day in, day out, just kind of coming to work and everything, it'll, it'll get where we want to be. But, you know, I've been, I've been satisfied. I've been happy with, you know, we, we had a terrible season last year, terrible. You know, I've never been a part of a season that bad, you know, and, but, you know, to be honest with you, we get to our last game against Ohio, we're playing, you know, and you couldn't tell the difference in how we played in week one in that game. You know, we played hard. Did we make some mistakes? Yeah, but we were playing hard. And they're, you know, Coach Haynes is over at App State. You know, Brian's now at App State. They do a great job. He gets those guys playing. And Ohio is a team that, you know, play, they play their ass off. They're physical. They're mean. They, 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 and they're tough to play. And they're, they're well coached. And we go out there and we battle them. You know, we battled them hard and, you know, and they have great kick returner, great punt returner, you know, and shoot, we, we kind of you knew they got a couple, they got a big return. We got, we didn't keep our leverage on one of the returns on one of our kickoffs and they got out to like the 28, but then our kicker laid a, laid a wood a little bit, but you know, they're a really good team and we were still playing. Like I watched that film and I'm trying to, you know, you go at the end of the year, you're pulling clips for tapes and when you, so when you get into spring ball and fall and all that kind of stuff and I'm going, man, you know, and during the season, you probably lose sight of that a little bit, and which we got to be better at of under, you know, just kind of seeing that and praising that to keep that culture going, you know, because it's very hard to stay positive in a negative situation. You know, that's in fact, we talked, we were talking with our guys this morning. We're kind of in this, we're kind of doing some leadership training with the specialists. You know, we created a leadership, we're doing a, like a four week leadership academy. We're doing, 
you'd like this, some subconscious training for the specialist, you know, where it's positive, you know, positive, you know, you know, your self-talk, your, you know, the power of being positive and your optimist, you know, being, have an optimistic outlook and even in negative situations and visualization and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're kind of putting a four week program of that <clears throat> and, you know, had a great talk about it, you know, today did cult, we had it, we were creating our, talking about our own culture within our room on Tuesday. And then this morning talked about, you know, the power of positivity, you know, in terms of the specialists and gave some great examples of, of doing that, you know, with those guys. And, you know, I think like you got that Harrison, the Harrison Buckter guy that over the chiefs, great example of an opportunity for anybody to go negative, to get mad or get upset and let your mind drift in a negative way. You know what I mean? Like, heck you go out there and he kicks over 50 some yarder, right? Early, you know, I think to put it into overtime and then, you know, goes out there and he's, he's got a 53 game game winner and then someone jumps off sides, you know, they got to scoop back. It's easy to go, okay, shoot, I could have kicked a 53 yard of that dumbass, you know, now he puts me in this position. Now I got to kick. No, I get to, you know, look at this. I get to kick a 58 yarder, you know, for the game winner in overtime. I get he to has do two that. more opportunities and strokes in both, you know? Like, yeah. That's ridiculous. But it's that, so, it is that, that positivity. Yeah. And so, like, things like that that I think, you know, I want as a special team, I got to keep doing better at, like, even in those, like, the season that we had. And, you know, all throughout the whole year, I think you've got to always try to highlight the really good things that they're doing. I got, you got to highlight, you know, the positive things. Even, even like, you got – everybody has goals that they show and everything like that, but you got to show the positive what we're doing, the progress that you're doing each year because – you know, there's games that you go out there and you do really well. And there's games that you're just struggling to hold on, especially teams wise, or just trying to, you know, do your end and hold your end of the bargain type of stuff. Because you got some teams and some people that do some crazy stuff and some really good stuff out there that make it tough. Uh, but just staying positive with those guys, reinforcing what you do and how they do it, and you know, keeping them wanting to come back and you know, create energy in the room. And I think that's the biggest thing uh, with them. And then. Like in camp, some stuff that we do, you know, you give them rewards. Like I said, you get shirts, you give them candy, uh, highlight them on the screen. And then even, you know, I got this from, I was at the Ohio Coaches Clinic uh, down in Columbus. And, you know, one thing that the Cincinnati guy, Brian Mason, who's really good, was really impressed by him. And they play really good in, in you know, special teams and stuff. But was able to talk, listen to him. He talked about kind of their philosophy and talked about some punt return stuff. But, you know, one thing that I got, like he talked about what they do as far as, you know, uh, reward system type stuff and in camp. And it was really good. Like they have players of the day and, you know, and we do a lot of the same stuff. Like, you know, they grade attitude and effort every day, plus minus type stuff. And that's how the guys, you know, become special teams players and, you know, I kind of, you know, added on to it is the execution component. So your effort and execution of what we're asking you to do. And then, you know, that's how the, they got special teams player of the day. And so, you know, they give them something. That's where, like, he gave them rewards. You want to snack from here, this place. You want to snack from that place. Send, you know, go out and grab it, bring it back to them for one of their night meetings. You know, have a blizzard for your nightly meeting type of stuff. And then, you know, one thing that I thought was really cool is, usually you have about four weeks of camp, you know what I mean? And so he has a player of the week. And so what he did is 
you know, the player of the week, whoever it is. And I think you've got to give them a t-shirt and everything. But then at the end of the, end of the camp, the guys that were basically their players of the week, you took them out for a steak dinner, you know, and it was their champions steak dinner night. So the four players of the week, especially in player of the week, got a big fancy, you know, $300 dinner type deal. Not each guy, but, you know, he goes out, you spend, you got four guys and plus you, and you probably take your kids, your wife, you're probably spending a good money, but you know, it's worth it. You know, that you gotta, you gotta be willing to invest. Like, like I, you know, we bought those shirts, you know, you gotta be able to invest in that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like my wife, I, when going into fall camp, she bought me all this candy from Costco. I asked her to get me all these big candy bars, paydays, Snickers, Kit Kats, all that kind of stuff. And the season gets damn canceled. And now it's just sitting in my office. So I started just trying to get it away. So my fat ass wouldn't, wouldn't need it all. So uh, just things like that, I think are, are important. Do you think that really, uh, you know, excites them, like getting the steak dinner? I mean, does that get everyone on the unit to rally around it? Or is there, you know? No, I think, you know, I think, you know, for that component, I think, you know, I don't think it's like you're true motivated. But, hey, man, if I get if I work my ass off and, I, you know, I put in a good week, I could be the special team player of the week. And if I do that, I'm going to get to go. I'm your college student. How many of you guys can go out there – and go that when you're a college guy that you go out there and you want to, you go out and get a $50 or $40 steak, a really good steak at a really good steakhouse with the, the salad and bread and some great appetizers and all that kind of thing. You can go out there and, you know, you spend a good chunk of change. Heck, I remember when I was in college, we went to this steakhouse and I didn't have much cash and we went there and I didn't know we were going there. And I'm sure, how am I going to pay? I bought the cheapest, smallest steak in the world, you know, a little six ounce sirloin, you know, and just because you're trying to get by, but, you know, just, you know, things that they don't get on campus that they're not necessarily getting, you know, now they can get that stuff. They probably get a lot of that stuff, you know, and when we get into the season, when we go to hotels and all that stuff. But, and, you know, I know some bigger places stuff may give them steak that, you know what I mean, at the training table, you know, we ain't giving them steak here. So, uh like that anyway but so anything and it doesn't have to be steak it can be hell i'd ask them what do you guys want where do, would you want to go what would entice you you know what you know leave it up to them let them make the make them make the choice of where they'd like to go out to eat you know because you, you were talking about your points i like that too you know how do you go about that is it time i'm sure it's time consuming but how do you you know what how do you rank your guys as far as like efficiency and you know for camp for like in camp each day type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So we just we just created a you know I have our guys like between me and like the the guys that work with me and everything like that QCs and stuff. So we just create you know for each drills that we have we'll just create a you know just like a, an Excel sheet of what, the, what we're gonna be looking at you know you know what you know I try to we got a couple different layouts of you know three man drills two man drills you know what I mean and then it's just where you can write their name and it says you know effort execution and we just go plus minus and tally it up and you know and then they put it into excel document type of stuff and you know now I've got some guys with me that are that are far more advanced and technologically advanced on like Excel and algorithms where this can tie to that. So now we got a computer in there and I'll just do it and I'll do it by hand because I'm old school and then he'll, I have one on the computer and he's just typing it in as we go. And so it just kind of works that way, but it is time consuming, but it's worth it because you got to be able to watch these guys and evaluate these guys on a daily basis. And you got to, when you, when you're making those, 
decisions when it comes into camp of who's going to travel, who's going to be in your two deep, you know, it's, it's important. You got to know, and you got to know these guys. And when coaches, you know, when coaches are talking with their players offensively and defensively, they've got to be able to reference what you're doing. They're doing on special teams. And you got to have, you know, talking more buy-in, you got to have the, your assistant coaches reinforcing that in their meeting rooms. They got to be talking about that, you know. You know, when we're, we're, you know, like I said, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of guys that I work with and at the places that I've been. That that's important. That's a priority, and they put it in their meeting notes. They put it at the beginning of their meeting when they're talking. At the end of the meeting when they're talking, and and enhance, you know, what you're get on the field. You want to get on the field, get on special teams. If you're a backup, change your role. Find your way on this. If you wanna, you want us to trust you offensively or defensively, get on special teams. Showcase your ability to be trusted there, you know, and then. You know, maybe we can grow your role. Get on the bus. And then when you're on the bus, then maybe we'll enhance your offensive reps because now you're on the bus and we possibly may need to use you. You know what I mean? And especially in the COVID days where for us in the MAC, they're cutting down from 76 to 70. So you're losing six bodies. So guess what? You got you to gotta have guys that can do multiple things. And so, you know, I think that's important for, you know, those guys to be able to do that and, you know, and so you've got to know as a coach. So, you know, one thing that we do that I think is is very, you know, is something that, you know, we just started doing last year that was incredible for me anyway as a special teams guy was for roster stuff when you're looking at it because, you know, we do a ton of drills and you, you as you get towards the end of camp and you're starting to build those depth charts and stuff like that, you got to make sure the guys that you're repping are going to be guys on the bus offensively and defensively because you don't get very many guys that are just special teams guys only that get to travel just because of special teams. It's just not the, the name of the game. And so you got to make sure the guys that you're putting in your two deep are guys that are going to get, that are going to be on the bus that are going to be traveling. And, um, and what we do is we have meetings like every three days every three or four days or something like that, we always have personnel meetings where we go around the table and talk about each position. And and one thing that we do is we talk about every position, what he is offensively, defensively, that his role and everything like that. You know, early after first three days of camp, you know, seven days, whatever it is, we keep coming back to when those personnel meetings and then we they talk, you know, he could be, you know, he should be a two unit guy, a four unit guy. You know, he's a, we probably, we don't, we're not real deep at this position. If you need to use him on one, use him on your, which one ever you, you, he's a one unit guy, you know, and that gives me an idea of where these guys are and what I can utilize them in. You know what I mean? On, you know, your, your starters, your backup guys on what their role can be for me. You know what I mean? I don't, I can't plan on putting a guy, even though he may be our best guy and all, I could use him on all four units. He'd be a core special teams guy. But if they tell me he's going to be a two unit guy, well, I got to pick the best two units that we have that we need them on, you know, and, and it's not, you know, and the thing about it is it's not uh, one way or the, it's not just the assistant go, he has to be a two unit guy. He can't be more. It's something we'd sit there and talk about. It's, it's a conference. We're sitting there, we're going back and forth. We're talking our, where I see him, where they see him. The head coach adds his input. The, the recruiting guys that are watching from the sideline, from practice, their input, the GAs that anything that they feel that they get in the locker room on the sidelines and stuff like that. It's a, it's an open forum and it allows us to make informed decisions on these guys. And then, you know, it allows you to eliminate guys too. say, Oh no, he's not going to make the bus. You know, he's going to, he's, we'd like to redshirt this guy or he's going to redshirt. He's not ready. So you kind of back him off or something, or maybe, you know, Hey, this is a, with a new rule, this is a guy that we're, we'd like to utilize the four games somehow. 
let's wait till let's wait a couple of weeks before you know implementing them you know what i mean or you know let's play in these first four games or whatever it may be now i know this year will be different for us anyway if we get because it you can play as much as you can and you're eligible. So we'll play on any and all the young guys as much as I can. Cause I got some, we got some talent on there, but like last year, that was a lot of, okay, let's play this guy early. You know what I mean? And that allows you to build your depth chart. And then even your third and fourth guys, it allows you to kind of place them where you want and then try to get them reps early in the season. If you think there'll be a guy later down the line, you know, in those meetings, like, Hey, this guy, I think he's not going to be ready yet, but I bet, by week six, he's going to be a guy that's going to be breaking the defensive depth chart. So you guess what? You got to start preparing that guy. So when that time comes for that call up, that you can utilize because he's, you know, he's probably not going to get every rep on defense, but he's going to be elevated and they're going to work him in. Well, let's get his feet wet. Let's get his feet wet on special teams. Let's see how he can do, you know. And so that's just that's just some of the ways that we've done, and it's been very good as far as when you're evaluating. It's been critical for me this year because it gives me a better idea of the roster or what my roster actually going to be and the guys I can actually use or how many units I can use them on. Um, it's been very informative for me, and it's been something that we added last year that was was really crucial, you know, figuring out who was going to be our guys. Sure, especially in fall camp. I mean, that's that's huge to have that open dialogue to understand, like, this guy's a potential or this guy we need to hold off on him. 100%. That's about so, You know, my other question too, and I was thinking about this recently, is like with your assistants, like you're talking about players buying, getting them to buy in, and you're talking about how, you know, other assistants you work with are like stating your message at the start of their position meeting and stuff. How do you get them on the same, you know, wavelength with you? I mean, is there a dialogue about it or, you know, where does it start? No, I think it, it, it always starts with the head guy. It always starts with the head guy. If he makes an emphasis on it, to them and to, you know, talk about it in their meetings to talk about it with their unit and makes it an emphasis for them to be on the field coaching. And if he doesn't see guys on do holding up the standard on the field and stuff like that, making sure they understand it, then I think that's where it all starts. You know, he's got to, he's got to set the standard of what he expects out of everybody. You know, just like we expect, you know, we tell our guys, here are our expectations when you're in a meeting room, when you're on the field, how do we go about this drill? How, when we go out there and we're drilling in our rep, what is how do we do things? It's the same thing with 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 coaches. It's no different. You know, we all we all need to have expectations of what we do and how we do it. You know, and it, it's got to start with the head guy, and then it's got to be me making sure I'm I'm upfront, honest, and say, hey, this is what I need from you. This is how we're going to run it. It's going to come down to me meeting with those guys, communicating with those guys, and making sure because it you know again this is. You know the special teams component is 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 my deal. You know what I mean? They coach an offense. You know, I, I this is the first time that I really haven't had a position. You know, uh, along with the special teams uh, coordinator job, that you know they're coaching other positions, so they've got other priorities. They're game planning just like I'm game planning. They got to get meetings ready. They got to get their players ready to so they can play on Saturday, and they need me to communicate how we're going to do things, a drill, how it's going to be set up, how it's going to be run. You know, how, you know, if there's matchups, how we want to create those matchups and stuff like that. And so we got to do a great job on my end of communicating to those guys of the importance of what they're doing, how they're doing. And, you know, and then, you know, you just got to have guys that are, that take pride and understand it's a team thing, you know, that 
and you got you got you have assistants that are on both sides you got assistants that are great and they you don't have to do a lot to talk them into you know buying it's about the team it's about they want to you know they want to enhance their coaching ability they want to go out there and have a great team and win football games and they understand it's a big part of it and and then you have some guys that it's a little bit tougher that don't necessarily see the importance of it. And that's where it, it's tough if you have more guys like that, because then you're, you're worried about, can I be at a drill and run a drill by myself or do I need to roam more? You know what I mean? To make sure things are doing it right and all that kind of stuff. And so, and, you know, like I said, for the most part, I've been, been very, very pleased and very happy with the guys that we've been around that I've been around because, you know, you know, they make it easier because then, in, in you know, heck, I've been fortunate with a lot of the staffs I've been on, especially the last couple and everything, that there's guys on our team that are on our staff that were former special teams guys. You know, we got, I've got, you know, we've got two of them at least, you know, two of them right now. You know, like Coach Gasser uh, was a special teams guy at, you know, Toledo and at Iowa State, you know. Uh, Coach Tommy Zagorski, like I said, he was running our punt. He was running our shield. You know, probably the only offensive coordinator, or line coach out there running, uh, coaching the punt shield on our team last year. But you know, he he's run units in the past. And you know, when I was at FAU, obviously I had the head coach, who was our you know former special teams guy, who was a former special teams coordinator. I had Rock Bellantoni, who's now the special teams coordinator over at Utah State. He was on the staff. You know, and had a couple of different guys that have had that experience that, you know, you could lean on them, that you can go in their room, ask them questions. You know, how'd you do something? How'd you, how'd you do this? Do you have any cool drills for this? And, you know, and was able to get input on that. So, you know, I think, you know, and it always makes it easier when you got some of those guys because they're buying, you know, they understand, they, they understand the struggle that you have and they understand the importance of it and what you got to put into, you know, everything you do. So, you know, it's just, you know, you're hoping the the head guy puts together a good staff, and you're hoping the head guy makes it important. And if he does that, then it makes your job a lot easier. A hundred percent. Yeah, and it sounds like an uh, added weapon or asset to have when you have someone that's been a coordinator before. You know, oh yeah. You can go to and be like, "Look, on our punt, they're giving us this five by three look. Like, how'd you guys respond to that? What would you do here? You know, stuff like that." Yeah. You know, and that's. You know, when we were kind of doing some things, because we try to, you know, every year you kind of look back and see what can we do, what, how do we do it, and can we make it better? How can we, you know, do some things that are a little bit more multiple that will stress our opponents and stuff like that? And, you know, and, you know, if you haven't been around it, like, you know, just like all of us, if you haven't been around it, you don't know it. And so you got to, you got to branch out. You got to listen to people talk. You got to ask them questions. And luckily, I didn't have to go across the country and didn't have to do, a, you know, a ton of things. I had some guys in the, in the office that I was able to do that. And heck, even this off season was able to do a ton of that with all this extra time, you know, those teams talk, I got a lot of, a lot of things from it. I've been able to listen to a bunch of talks and, you know, from guys around the country, been able to call a bunch of guys and get on, you know, zoom calls and just sit there and say, all right, let's clinic. You're doing the same thing you try to do in the off season, but guess what? We don't have to spend $500 on a plane ticket and hotel rooms. We just do it on this and share the film. And so, you know, I've been able to do that because it's all, you know, your professional development is, you know, is crucial, especially for special teams coordinators and, you know, the same thing for offense and defense. But you're always trying to find that advantage. You're always trying to find ways to do it better. And, you know, we all teach a lot of the same things. Everybody calls it maybe a different term here and there, but a lot of it's the same. You know, you hear, like, I've listened to, like, three different punt return talks, and they're all the same. You know, you just call it something different. You know, one guy, you know, calls it 
a rip by another guy calls it a box out another guy calls it a scrape paint you know it's just different terminology or whatever you want to call it but you know and then you, you listen to different ways of people teaching it different components some scheme stuff some philosophy stuff some you know like i've been able to a lot of that stuff that we put in as far as our special teams importance i was able to just kind of listen to guys talk and take pieces here and there and kind of fit what my views my values of how i see it and what i think would apply to our guys and stuff like that so you know it's been it's been crucial that's really cool and you know what I'm, I'm probably gonna edit this to the front of the uh video but i did want to talk about how we met you know because i have no. i've been recording but that that's exactly what you're talking about here where it's like okay so i was a you know young high school coach at smyrna high school in tennessee and uh, i think actually i got your contact from ben larson yeah, you guys worked together. Because you guys were at UT Martin. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and he came Ben's to UT Martin for like four months. Yeah, you talked to Ben recently. Yeah, I I, I talked to him uh, as he was going down to Auburn because now he's at Auburn, um, and I haven't talked to him since they started camp or anything like that. Uh, I hit him up. We we sent some texts back and forth, me asking him some technique stuff and everything like that. But I hadn't hit him up. I know they got they got a good game this weekend, so oh, yeah. Gotta, get ready for that but yeah uh, no that's cool yeah ben's a good dude he, and a lot of your stuff i remember that book that you gave me i still have it by the way and I, a lot of his stuff i still it's in the other book that you gave me uh that, or that i bought which was a great buy by the way thank, um, you, thank you and um yeah it was cool i still talk to you know i talk to people about that all the time and i talk to our the guys that i have right now i go hey start building something that will help you and enhance you know like i said i go you know, I I was very impressed by you, but just that guy that I'd never met, never knew, and then came up and had this book and gave it to me and had all this information, and it was cool. You know, yeah, I, yeah, that's awesome. So I, whatever, got in contact with Ben, and then ended up I was you know got in contact with you, and I was like, hey, you mind if I come up to chat? You know, because it's like a three hour drive from Nashville. Yeah. You know, and uh, ended up going up there, and you had your uh, QC with you. Gosh, I forget his name. Jim. What is it? is jim jim monk yeah jim monk my man jim monk yeah he's at yeah. wyoming now right yeah 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 awesome i hope jim's doing well so he walked me on up there and you know i'm a nobody high school coach 22 year old kid and the first thing that that like really stood out to me especially about you is that you're you're willing to just sit down take some time just talk ball and then we we probably talked for four hours and i i remember halfway through i was like you know, I know you got your wife and, and your family. I'm sure you want to get home. You're like, no, nah, I'll be fine. You know, let's talk for a little while longer. You know, no just to them, but you were just yeah. talking ball and you were showing me all this pump block tape and punt stuff. Um, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, I didn't know people in the profession would be that cool. And yeah, I, I definitely, the second part to the story was I, I gave you my book and I was just like, hey, like, this is something I've been working on. I hope it helps you, you know. And uh, I also, we were talking about how chat plays UT Martin or play UT Martin the next year. And you said, if I see any of this stuff at UT Martin, because I just graduated from there. Like, hey, <laughs> <find> me. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That's right. And I think you guys beat them. So I yeah, think we end up getting, we end up getting them that year because y'all beat us the year before. That's right. Yeah, I remember saying that going, Hey, if they, if they're calling out our, our checks and stuff on punt, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little upset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's, you know, because I was a part of that game. So we that's why we won the first one anyway. So I dropped that off. And then, you know, a year later, you say, hey, 
come up to Akron, you know, come come talk ball with me. You know, there might be a, a spot or whatever. And I come up to the, the meeting, the desk or whatever, and I see the book. And I'm like, no way, man, because I know I've, I've been to, you know, five, six different schools just talking to coaches. And I'm pretty confident they all just toss that thing in the trash. So for you to keep it, and it was, you know, just kind of like a put in the plastic, uh, you know, sheets and just kind of yeah. makeshift little book there. For you to hold on to that, I was like, oh, this guy's a stand-up guy. I really appreciate that. No, it was good. It, like I said, it was good stuff. And, you know, heck, I like I gave it to our guys. I had them, I gave it to a couple of different guys on our in our in our unit. Like I know our punter took it home and our our kicker took a look at it and you know and I said hey take a look you know see what see what you like see what applies and you know we can build some of this stuff or anything that you like into into some practice or into like you know like Wednesday for us is kind of like a light day kicking day and everything and so you know what stretches or what things that you know that we can do that can help you and everything you know take let me know sit down and and then just take it for what it is take a read and see what you like and see if anything helps you and you know, it's, you know, it was good. I, I mean, like I said, it was, I was very impressed by it. And heck, when I was, when I was your age, I wouldn't have had any of that stuff, to be honest with you. I didn't have any of that. I wasn't prepared for what I was going to get into. And, you know, to be, you know, to have that and work, you know, you understanding, you know, what you want to do, how you want to do it. And heck, you had told me you were going to turn that thing into the book that you mean, I would have, I said, all right, because you had everything in, in order and you've been working your tail off and, you know, I'm kind of working my way through it. And, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a guy, I've got a kicking guy now as well. Um, you know, after your, after your guy turned me down, uh, <laughs> just messing with you. but, uh, you no, he's good. And we, we sit there and we reference it and, you know, it's good, but I got, I still have the notebook. I got the book and the notebook now. So I've got the, I got the full package, but yeah, uh, man, I, I, I was very impressed and, very impressed with you coming up there. One, I don't know, as a young coach, if I'd have called somebody out of the blue and just said, hey, I want to go talk some ball, you know, with, you know, a random guy and everything. But, you know, that's that takes a lot of a lot of presence, a lot of guts on your end. And then just going out there and coming in prepared and coming yeah. in and saying, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. Here's – I presented this for you and I, I made this for you. Don't need anything in return. Just hopefully it helps you. And, the, you know, that's cool. That's That was big time. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, th and that's my biggest thing, too, is, like, from right there, I kind of learned, like, you know, you have to be open to, to giving people things, you know, what you've learned and, and to share that. And that's what this, you know, coaching industry is all about. And that's what you So, you know, that, that was, like, huge to me. And, and it's funny because a lot of that book, yeah, I turned, I took and turned into my actual book, The Kicker's Bible. You can find it on icemankicker.com, shameless plug. But, uh, <laughs> but uh you know, a ton of it too. I, I trashed this. I'm like, man, what was I thinking? You know, you look back like three years and you're like, this is garbage. And I was able to, to add a lot more stuff from professional yeah. guys that I was able to talk to. So yeah, man, you've always been uh, really supportive and I appreciate that. I've always learned a ton for you. You know, something that I also remember talking about then was the edge. Do you still coach up the edge? You were just talking about different things that correlate from offense yeah. to defense. And that was something that really stood out to me in 20 yeah it's, it's been it's been something we've done you know since our time at my time at FAU and I brought it up to Chattanooga and we carried it over here you know and uh into what we do and it's you know when we talk about blow delivery that's what it's called it's called the edge you know we it's you know wrist tight elbows tight screws underneath their chin striking and punching violently at eye level and creating separation you know and it's it comes in offensively it comes in defensively 
you know, it comes in special teams. And so that's kind of how we refer it. You know, we, you know, we, we, we've done the period, you know, do the period like we've done in the strike component and shedding component. And then, you know, now we're going to, we're doing some different things. So, but it's still called what it is. And it's still, when you talk about blow delivery, that's what it's called. And it's kind of been a, you know, kind of that, ter- you know, one thing you got to have is try to create consistent terminology across your program, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams. And that's been one of those terminology things that just carries over no matter what. And, you know, because it doesn't matter what position you play, you know, minus quarterback, not too many of those guys are going to use the edge or, or a kicker. But, uh, you know, but, you know, it correlates to everybody, every, just about every position. So, heck, we even, I've even got the specialist out there in it sometimes. They did, they jumped in and did the edge a couple of times. They uh, need to. Out there with some blow delivery. Now, it doesn't look as good, but they're, they're getting, they're fiery. <laughs> they need to, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's to me is, is one of my weaknesses, I think, is like, I need to get these specialists more in like tackling drills. Like Shane Graham was talking, I think, on the team stock, and he was talking mm-hmm. about, working his specialist in different situations where it's like, all right, you're in open field, let's make a tackle. You're trailing a guy, let's make a tackle. Like those are so important because that's where you have to tackle. And those kickers always look stupid, man. I can't, <laughs> stand that. I can't stand that at all. No, I think it's important to get your specialist in. You know, those they don't need to be in the big contact ones, but anything that you can do to kind of work on their skill set. Like, you know, we do a lot of that, you know, group stuff with our team. You know, it's going to be something that we end up doing this year a little bit is some more, you know, just circuit type stuff with the entire team on, you know, especially ball security, takeaway and, you know, tackling type stuff where you incorporate, you got to put your, you got to put your snappers, your punters, your kickers in those drills. And it's, you know, just like you said, a tracking drill, simple tracking drill, just understanding how to track the hip and closing on the guy and going from a long stride to a short stride and being in control position, just trying to get them down, you know, teaching them how to tackle so they can put themselves in a safe position when they go have to make one of those tackles so they don't go out there and hurt themselves, you know. Absolutely. A lot of guys important. get hurt, you know, trying to make tackles, especially kickers yeah. with their knees and stuff. They get torn up and it's, it should be something that's taught to them. And, yeah, like, we didn't, and we hadn't, you know, it hadn't been something I've done in the past, to be honest with you. And it's something that we just, we started doing this year, to be honest with you. And hopefully it'll transfer. Hopefully it doesn't transfer. Hopefully they don't have to make any tackles, but, you know, it would help the snapper anyway. I wouldn't mind him being a better tackler and stuff like that. But I think it's important that you teach, you know, all those guys how to tackle. And we try to do that offensively and defensively and special team just because, you know, if you get a, you know, obviously defensively and on special teams, you got to learn how to tackle. But heck, offensively, you throw an interception, a guy picks up a fumble, you got to learn how to tackle. You got to be able to put the ball down, give your defense an opportunity to go out there and be successful and stop some points or limit points, you know. And so, you know, I think it's important. There's no question. No question. Hey, you know, this is something you hit on before. I don't want to keep jumping around, but I, I thought it was really relevant and important. You know, you guys had that tough season, right? And, but you said you guys are still fighting at the end of the season. To me, that's so important. How do you ingrain that in your guys? Or how do you keep them motivated when things are going bad? Because a lot of teams will just fall and crumble. You know, you guys kept fighting. How do you, how do you keep those guys motivated, inspired? I don't know. Uh, but, no, I, you know, I think like, kind of going what I talked about a little bit earlier, I think you've got to continue, you know, when you get into negative situations and, you know, you get into, you know, parts of your season or things aren't going your way and a lot of this we talked about this morning which kind of works you know well for me that kind of relevant with the kickers and stuff 
you know, as far as their, you know, subconscious training and stuff. And you got to utilize it. You, you can, everybody has to utilize that in their, their regular life and in season coaches, players, no matter what is, you know, the seat, you know, the situation that you're in can be negative, but doesn't mean your outlook has to be that way as well. You know, and you have to, you have to find the positive, you have to find the positive results in there somehow you got to find an optimistic out view of what you're doing and how you're doing it. and I think that's important when you're having tough season and you're having you're in a slump you know what I mean you're kind of a you lost a couple games or you're losing every game or maybe you're not playing as well but I think you gotta I think you still gotta coach them you know I think you know guys can tell when, because it's like, and everybody says it, you got to have the same energy and be a consistent coach, a consistent player, consistent in everything you do and how you do it. I think, especially if you're a coach, I think, you know, for like me, they, if they see me down, if they see me coming to a meeting different than I did on day one, if I don't have the same energy, the same output, the same emotion that I have on day one, and it gets in the season, we're 0 and 6, and, you know, we're not having the success, the production you know, in the wind column that we want, and they just see me down and a man and just letting, I'm letting things slip, whether it be effort type stuff or technique type stuff, or, you know, just, you know, details type stuff. And they see that they're going to go, well, this guy didn't give a shit anymore. You know, why should I, you know, and I think you've got to, you've got to really hone in on what you're doing and making sure you're staying on point and make sure you're staying consistent with who you are and what you are. And again, and everybody says it, you got to stay true to the journey. You got to stay true to the process of what you're trying to do, how you're trying to do it. And, you know, once you get to the top of that curve and that, that, that boulder starts rolling, then, you know, positive things happen and you start seeing the results that you want, but you can't stop pushing. You can't stop working with that same mindset, that same attitude, that same energy, that same optimistic outlook that you have and expect to get over that hump and expect to move forward and have the, have the results that you want and work through the process the way you need to. And, you know, I think that's, that's crucial, you know, as for us as coaches and for to really relay the message and keep them playing the way they need to be playing and honing in and focusing on the details and not worrying about the results because the results will come eventually, you know, we'll, you know, we may be going through a tough time. We may be going through a tough season. We may not be getting the results we want, but if we put, keep putting the time, energy and effort into the, doing it the right way, how we need to be doing it, focusing on the right things. Well, that it's going to happen. You know, we're going to, that break's going to come that, that momentum is going to shift and we're going to start, you know, we're going to start seeing the things that we want to see when it comes into game day and come into, you know, the wind column. But, it, you know, it takes time. It takes a process and everybody wants that instant gratification. But, you know, it doesn't come that way. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it comes a little bit easier. Sometimes you got a little, you got better players at certain positions that make it a little bit easier. Sometimes you come into a situation that the culture is great uh, and it's an easier transition to have that success. Sometimes you got to build that up. And sometimes you just got to, you got to start from the bottom and build it back up. But, you know, one thing that, you know, we try to do or I try to do, and it's, it's, it's easy. And I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm one of those guys, shit starts going bad. I'm like, damn, how's it, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? How are we going to get this thing? And it was a conscious, you have to have a conscious effort to say, hey, when I come, if outside the building, in my car, in my office, close my door, or whatever I got to do, let the, let the, that negative energy out. But when I jump into a meeting, when I jump out on the field, when I, when I'm looking to do my job, then I need to figure out, hey, where's that, where's that optimistic outlook? How, where's that, where's that competitive desire 
that competitive greatness and how do I feed it and how do I keep generating that every day and I think it's important for the players to see that you can't change you can't be different you got to go in there and you got to you got to no matter what the circumstances how good they are how poor you're playing hey this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do it this is what I expect no different from day one or into day 161 you know it's got to be the same and you've got to be that same guy and I thought you know thought we were able to do that I thought you know you know I thought on the special teams component I thought we were able to do that where we didn't shift what we were doing we didn't change what we were doing we didn't try to oh it's okay Johnny that I know we're not playing well no hey hey that's not you know that's not good technique or anything that's no that's not good effort or anything like that I need you to be better I, I expect you to live up to the standard and you know and holding them accountable I think you got to just keep coaching them and keep let you know keep you know, applying pressure, keep being aggressive in what you do and how you do it and not be different. And if I think they see that, you know, they respect that, you know, and because it's, it's very easy to go, hey, just whatever. We'll just, we'll just try to get through the season and go on to next year. Next year will be better. No, let's keep building on what we're doing in the process and, you know, enjoy the journey. And then, you know, throughout the year, I think you got to, like I said earlier, you got to keep building these guys up and showing them positive things that they're doing. You know, the results aren't always positive and everything like that, but there are positive plays. And we had a ton, we had a bunch of positive plays throughout the course of the year and enhancing those, you know, I think that's one way you can do it is overemphasizing, over enhancing the positive plays just because saying, hey, there we are moving forward. We are doing some great things. And then kind of reel back on, not necessarily take away anything, not try to, because when you're in a bad situation, a negative situation, doesn't mean you gotta you just gotta sugarcoat it or you're gonna you know try to avoid the negative component of the situation you gotta you gotta understand it and say okay this is the negative situation but what is our optimistic outlook what is our viewpoint how are we gonna how are we gonna work work through this adversity and but I, but I think in, to, in order to do that you got to make sure you enhance the positive things that are happening take the negative but try to spin it a little bit away in a way that you know doesn't you know doesn't crumble them or anything like that it doesn't you know pile on to already the outside forces of the fans the their friends their family the you know maybe other teammates or what they're feeling and everything like that and try to you know give them give them something to look forward to and and understanding that they are working and they are taking steps forward it's just not the big steps that we're all hoping for at this moment right stick to those fundamentals and kind of reinforce the positives chris you better watch out and the the more you hang out with those specialists the more you're turning into one i love it it's that that positive mentality that positive mantra that's very uh i don't know i just feel like it's super advanced man and that's that's something that i aspire to be like the mindset of these athletes not not just kickers you know but any great athlete is is that you know focusing on the positive focusing on what they can control and you know blocking those negative outside um, distractions so i think that's fantastic yeah i mean that's what like we talked to our guys this morning i go you know you've got as much as you train physically you gotta train mentally yeah. you know what i mean it's you gotta put yourself in the in at a great mental state all week leading up into a game all the time when you're training because you know, that's going to dictate how well your training goes on the field. That's going to dictate how, how productive you are on the field when it comes game day and it's time to put you in those situations. You know, like we talked about icing today. 
you know, I was thought we were talking about, you know, icing the kicker. I go, hey, man, let me ask you all a question, man. Let me – what does icing do to any of you guys' kickers? You know what I mean? You know, we, we got iced a couple times at UAB last year type of deal. And I go, does it really bother you, affect you? I go, no. And, you know, and they were like, no, not really. You know, it goes – I you know, and one thing that came about is, like, they go, I try to get away from the sideline, you know, to not – so I don't hear – you know, people really talking to me, kind of get with my holder or my snapper or kicker, whatever it may be, and be with them on the, like, into the field a little bit towards the numbers away from everybody. You know, because – and one thing that I like saying, like, ah, don't miss the kick. And your teammate may be just saying, Don, don't miss the kick. And it's, like, nonchalant. He's not meaning anything hurtful or anything like that. But that's a negative component of your thought. And I go, well, that's going to happen. But you got to – you know, we talked about building a mental armor. You know, you got to put your armor on like you're going into battle. You got when you put your helmet on, that's got to be that's got to be your armor. You got to put it on. You can't allow anything to to be able to penetrate into your head. You got to be mentally strong to even if you do hear it, not allow it to affect you, not allow it to you know, affect your mindset. Like you want to ice me? Good. Forget you, man. I'm, I'm going to go out there and make it. I'd ice me, too. Because I know you're trying to you're trying to keep me from making this kick, but I'm going to make it anyway. Ice me as many times you want. Use all your timeouts. I'm going to make it either way. Right. You know, and so, you know, there's the mental component on, and it's everybody. It's not just kickers. It's, it's everybody. It's quarterbacks. It's old line. It's receivers. It's tight. Whatever it may be, everybody's got to have. The more you can build up the mental capacity and the mental fortitude that you need to to go out there and work through adverse situations, to work through. And again, it's you got to have it even when things are going great because it's easy to, you know to take the cheese and go out there and get caught in the trap. It's easy to go out there and believe the height and read the clips, read the, the paper clips or the, you know what I mean? Read the, the paper clippings and everything like that of the Twitter, stories and the crazy. newspapers and all that kind of stuff. The, you know, it's easy to, you know, and it's good. You want to build that confidence in yourself, but you got to understand, you got to be able to say, okay, you got to be able to level yourself out. You got to be able to say, stay on the same track that you were when you weren't, as successful as you are right now what got me here you know go through that process go through your mental process talking about those guys going through their you know when they take their steps on a field goal what are you saying to yourself ask them that today what are you saying to yourself you talk out loud you whisper to yourself is it in your head are you going okay three steps back two steps over okay this going through my routine nice easy slow and smooth up and through pick my chart you know whatever it is that you're going through your process you know what i mean and repeating that and being consistent in that because that's all how, how you go out there and be consistent on the field. That's You're going to miss kicks. You're going to have failures, but failure's not, you know, failure's not the end result. It's just an opportunity for growth and, you know, things like that. And so we, we talked about a lot about that like today. And, you know, we've tried to talk about that, about that, you know, in the past with even with our team and everything. So, man, that's great. That, you know, that reminded me of, Harrison Bucker was on Pat McAfee's podcast or whatever, you know, his show that he does. And he was saying that, uh, you know, he was hoping that the mic, the mics wouldn't pick up him during the game because he talks to himself as he goes through his steps so much. He'd sound like a crazy person, you know, that was, that was crazy. I didn't know that, you know, he was saying, you know, whatever, focus on his steps, you know, I'll give my guys a mental cue or a verbal cue. This one or two things that they can lock in on when they're out there. So they, ignore the distractions. Shane Graham, you know, I got on, on my book and, and he's awesome. He's at University of Florida, uh, analyst there. His thing is he would play uh, the Eye of the Tiger song in his head and that blocked everything out. And he said the the song went with the steps. So we go, dun, 
dun, dun, dun. you know, it made oh, it that's perfect. Crazy, but yeah, yeah. It, it really blocked everything out and allowed him to focus on his process. That was this huge thing. It's like, focus on the process, you know, don't worry about the outside distractions because if you do the process correctly, then you're going to get the end result that you want. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that, you mean it doesn't always work that way, but more times than not, you're going to be, you're going to be successful. You know, you got to speak it into existence. You know, how you think, you know, your mind can, your, shoot, you look at it, your mind can play a big role in everything you do. If you think you suck, you're going to suck. You think you're great, you're going to have more opportunity to go out there and be successful. If you think you're sick, you're going to get sick. You know, you know, we talk, you know, that was something we talked about today. So your mind is a very strong and powerful weapon that you can use for good, or it can be very detrimental to, to you yourself, mentally and physically. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, were you, I kind of heard you talk, I don't know if you're refer, referencing like visualizations and stuff like that. Do you talk about that at all with your players? Are you ever taking them through something like that? We, we, we haven't done a lot of it in the past, but we're starting to. Next week is our visualization talking. So we'll, we're going to meet on that later this, you know, I think Thursday or Friday and then, or, you know, if we get through it and if not, we'll do it on Monday. Cause that, that talk will be next Wednesday. Uh, but I think visualization is, is crucial and critical in what you do. You got to see yourself being successful. You got to see yourself making a kick. You got to see yourself putting it through the uprights. You know, you got to see yourself kicking the ball and coming up and through. You know, the guy that I've got right now, uh, his name is Greg Wood. I uh, was a kicker or a punter at Valpo and had a really successful career and had some tryouts in the NFL type of stuff. And, you know, like we were talking yesterday and I, you know, he was like, you ever noticed because we were talking about visualization, we were talking about positive, you know, the mind, positive mindset and self-talk and stuff like that. We've gone golfing a couple of times because now we got free time. So we kind of spend some weekends here and there, but he like, you ever see me? He goes, I'm a, when I'm, when I'm teeing off and stuff, he goes, I sit there and whisper to myself. You know what I mean? He's going through that process just like you were talking about with Harrison. And, you know, and he goes, the visualization, like you watch, you know, golf. You watch those guys and you, you know, there's a, what was it? Bagger Vance, legend of Bagger Vance. And yeah. they're talking, you know, they're, you know, I remember Bagger's talking to Matt Damon's character and everything. And he's talking about uh, Bobby Jones and he's showing him Bobby Jones. And, they, and it's kind of cool. And he gets behind it and he's visualizing everything else goes blank and he's visualizing where that ball is going, he's seeing the field, and that's all he sees, and he's seeing a successful shot, you know. And, you know, one of my favorite movies, and it's kind of cheesy, kind of a, you know, but it's it's for the love of the game. You know, it's a Kevin Costner baseball movie, and, you know, he's over there in a 40-some-year-old pitcher, and he's sitting there over top of his knee, and he's looking at the catcher, and, and he, you know, clear the mechanism. <laughs> and then everything, you hear, like he's in – where is he at? The New York City of the Yankees, and they're yelling at him. And then all of a sudden, you see all these people that just disappear, and all he sees is the catcher and the batter. You know, is visualizing what he needs to visualize on and what he needs to focus on. And it's the same thing. You want to go out there and have a successful, you know, result, whether it be kicking, whether it be a quarterback, running back, whatever it may be. You going out there and having a golf shot. You gotta, you gotta see yourself having a successful shot. You gotta believe that you're gonna have a successful shot because if you think any any way otherwise then guess what? You're probably going to get the negative component. If you you have any type of negativity or any doubt in what you're doing and how you're doing it, you're gonna, that's going to lead to more opportunities for that to showcase out there on the field. You've got to see yourself being successful, making the tackle, making that throw, making the catch, making that kick, you know, 
you know, whatever it may be, you got to see yourself being successful in it because then that triggers in your mind and gives you that, again, that optimistic, positive outview that you need to go out there and be successful out there on the field. That's no doubt, man. hundred percent. You know, it's funny as legend of bagger Vance, it's funny you brought that up because Brian Jackson, the guy I trained with, yeah. one of the first kicking camps I went to, he's like, you guys need to watch this clip. It's something I watched before every single game I played. He played nine years of arena ball and he played at Ball State and like five minute clip. So after that, sure enough, like, you know, I coached uh, at a high school for two years. Every day, you know, on Friday we had our, um, you know, our period uh, like study hall or whatever. My kicker would come in. I'd have a whole class in there. Turn off the lights, Legend of Bla- Bagger Vance for five minutes, and it's that clip of seeing the field and it's a hundred percent true. I mean, yeah. I remember playing against Ole Miss and I know you played in big games too in North Texas. And it's like when I got lined up and I was playing to AJ Brown, you know, who's future, you know, big time dude in the NFL held them to two yards return. You know, our punt team held them to two yards returning that day, but I had 10 punts. And the whole thing is anytime I got out there, it's like the sound went and you know, Everything, just like the clip, you know, I can't yeah. really see anything else. I'm just really focused on that snapper and the ball. And that's that focus that it takes. 100%. And that's how you got to do it now. You know, it, it takes time and it takes training and it takes – because it's not easy to do, you know. And so that's what we're working on. I'm, you know, I got to do the same thing. But we're hoping that, you know, we can do a bunch of that training and, you know, stuff like that because, you know, it's a tough – you know, for our player, for the specialists anyway – it's a tough component. You get one opportunity sometimes. You get every, you get highlighted. You know, we talked to him today. You know, the the it's you know you get the opportunity to for the the for the sunshine to shine brightly on you, or it can burn with intensity on you based on what happens. And you gotta you gotta be willing to go out there with you know that mindset, that mentality that you want that on you. You want it. You want that opportunity to shine when you go out there and you're successful and understand that if it's not, that you got to have the ability to fight through the adversity when, cause they're going to torture you. If you go out there and miss that game winning kick or you get blamed, you know, and you gotta, but you gotta, but you gotta want to be that, that fourth quarter quarterback. You gotta want to take those opportunities. You gotta, you know, when everybody talks about the quarterback, you want the ball in it. You want that guy that wants the ball in his hands with a minute and a half left and you're down, you know, six points. You want that guy at quarterback that wants to make the play for it. You say, same thing. You want that kicker to be that guy. Give me that game-winning shot. Give me that game-winning field goal. Put me in a position. Yeah, you want to make me a kick a 58-yarder? Yeah, I got that. You know, whatever it may be, put me in that position. You know, the, that's the guys. You want them to have that same mentality like like you would that fourth quarter, crumb, quarter or a quarterback, that John Elway, those Joe Montanas. And I'm kind of speaking my age a little bit. Um, but everybody's more Patrick Mahomes and everything. But – He's good, yeah. too. No question. No question. You know what? In your time, and especially, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, and FAU, you've been around some great players and great specialists. Uh, Dalton Chomp was one. Chomp that, you know, that absolutely crushed him. He averaged 48 yards a punt. Um, what did you see with those guys that separated themselves from other players you had that maybe didn't live up to, you know, or didn't perform as well? I mean, not just – you know, specialists, but, you know, any athletes in general? I think their mentality was the big thing. Their mindset was was crucial for them. And, you know, they didn't 
they they didn't ride the emotional roller coaster. They didn't allow themselves to get too high, too low based on the production they were seeing out there. You know, Dalton was an incredible story. Walk on guy that was a backup punter when we got there. You know, like I told this to a lot of people, he's the only double knee brace punter I've ever had in my life, you know, and uh, would wear two knee braces out there. Fantastic. He, he made, he talked about tacklers. He was a fantastic tackler for us. He, we funded it off to Florida. We, you know, we played them and we gave it to Callaway. He's playing now in the NFL and he got loose a couple of times and Dalton, I don't know, he just Velcroed himself to his legs or something like that, but he got him down. But Dalton was one of those guys, like we got there that first spring and, you know, and the punter that we, the punter that had been there, that had been the starter for him decided to transfer out and, he was kind of elevated and we didn't really know what we were going to get. And he goes out there and he's a little inconsistent in that first spring we were there, but, you know, worked his tail off, had a great summer and then goes out there and starts crushing the ball. But one thing that you saw, and he'd have some mishits in practice and he'd have some mishits in the game, but you didn't really see him get negative. You didn't really see him, you know, get really high about himself and believe the hype of what he was doing. Cause there was a year that first year he went out and averaged 45 and followed up with 48 and finished with 42, you know, which are really good averages for him. And, you know, but you didn't, you couldn't tell how good of a punter he was, you know what I mean? By his, how he approached, you know, they, they, you know, he didn't, he didn't have that cockiness or anything like that. Uh, to think he was, you know, this high caliber punter, he was really, really good. Probably one of the best guys I've ever had in my career. Uh, and there, you know, I've been around some guys that have had some NFL stuff, but just his mentality, his work ethic, his drive to be good, you know, he really pushed himself into being that player. And, um, you know, wasn't, you know, like I said, wasn't a highly recruited guy, was a guy that walked on and then eventually just worked his ass off to get a scholarship and did some really good things, but it wasn't, you know, his mindset and how he approached his job, what he did and, you know, you know, his, his approach and going out there every day and just working, you know, was what got him there. And then you got Greg Joseph, who was incredible, you know, like one, both those guys are really good people, you know, but Greg, is an incredible person and that incredible story. You know, he was a guy that when we first got there, you know, he was, he walked on, he's from, you know, Boca and he walked on to FAU and they cut, you know, they kind of cut him, you know what I mean? Cause they needed a roster spot. And so he walked on in the spring for us, did a walk on tryout said, okay, this guy's, this guy's solid. Get him in here and get him in the spring ball and see what he can do. We had signed a kicker because we'd lost the kick. The kicker had graduated the year, you know what I mean? That, that, previous fall and so we signed a kicker in, in February and then you know and what Greg did it Greg just came to work and ended up starting for four years and that guy never saw the field you know and ended up earning a scholarship but Greg came in there earned his spot and one thing that I love about Greg is I just trusted the hell out of him you know I trusted him. I, you know and, and he was a guy that worked and he was a, another guy that didn't ride the emotional roller coaster didn't get high get, didn't get low there was times that we went out there in pregame and he'd go out there and miss all his kicks. And, oh, crap. And then he'd go out there and go four for four in the game, you know. And he didn't allow that to affect him. He's a big – you know, he's a thick, strong kicker, you know, big legs, big body, you know, and was an incredible person, smart as hell. And, you know, I just knew he was going to come – I knew everything that he did and every, how he went about it was important. His job was important to him. This team was important to him. This opportunity was important to him. He had an end goal that he wanted to get to. And as he started seeing success on the field, he started understanding that he may have an opportunity later in life. He may be able to continue playing this game.
You know, you never know. And especially it's harder for kickers and punters and specialists in general just because there's 32 of those positions. And they, they don't – those jobs don't open up very often. And guys hone in on those positions and they stay in those positions for a very long time. And it's hard to root them all out. You know, you can't root a, an eight-year vet out there who's been to the Pro Bowl six times. You may get into camp and get to compete against them, but it's hard to do it. And – but he just went in and worked and made himself into the player that he did. And – you know, he built his consistency, he built his strength and made himself into a, a fantastic kicker and ended up leading, leading the, you know, he's in the history books at FAU, the leading score and everything for him, you know, being a four-year starter. But, you know, he would just, you know, the I like I said, I can't say enough good things about him because I just trusted the heck out of him. Heck, we had going into, oh, what was it? I think it might have been the 16th season, my last season there. You know, he's kicking in the summer in July or something like that, and he kicks the ground or something, and he tweaks something in his leg. He needs to get it – his kicking leg, he needs to get it scoped. So we don't keep – we don't get to kick him all camp. So he does. he's rehabbing, not on the leg. And then the week before our first game, you know, week going into our first game, I think we were playing Southern Illinois and everything. We started letting them do one steps, no steps, and by the end of the week we were able to do field goals. You know, and so we allowed him to kick field goals. Uh, and then Dalton actually was our kickoff guy that game. So, um, not too bad of but, options there. Huh? Not too bad of options there. No. And so Dalton did our kickoff, and, you know, Greg was one of those guys. So he didn't take a, a field goal snap. He didn't take a really a field goal kick because he practiced basically, you know, with with our trainers or with our specialists when they cleared him to do some kicks. So we didn't really do them team kicks that much. I think he may have took a couple on Thursday, and that was about it going into the first game. And then first game, we put him out there, and he kicks. You know what I mean? And so that's that's one thing, you know, his accountability, his trust, you know, the trustworthiness that we had in him to go out there and do his job because we knew he was a pro at it. You know, he knew he had that mindset. And so the opportunities that he's gotten to play in the NFL and be a part of the team that he's been able to and keep fighting to hold, hold his spots there and – keep on that track has been incredible. So I've been, you know, it, again, they were talented. They really were, and they're bigger guys. They were strong guys, which I think, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more because they've got some, they've got, you know, especially with punters, you want some longer guys because their levers can get up and through. Same thing with kickoff guys. You want some longer guys generally, but it doesn't mean that's the determining factor. And But you want strong guys and flexible guys, you know, and they were, they were that, you know, and, you know, they did a great job for us. And, you know, we're trying to we're trying to find some more of those, you know, here at Akron. So And the common denominator was they worked with Chris Hurd. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. I wish that if that was the place we would have been a lot better at chat. <laughs> no, but I mean it's it's their accountability, right? It's the way they you know, go to work every day and all it's also I'm sure that level headedness and how they're able to, you know, stay balanced, stay, you know, when things are getting crazy, they're able to go out and execute. Yeah, and that's and that's big when you're recruiting. Yes. And you're looking at these guys. Is you know, I think it's 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 really easy when you're looking at guys and you're trying to figure out when you're recruiting these guys. I think that's important. You know, because one, you want guys that think the same way you kind of think. You know, because they're going to be guys you're around all the time. You know, you want guys that you know are motivated because again, they're going to be on their own a lot. You know, or they're going to be off on their own self doing different drills and expected to work. You know, and um, that understand that they've got to perfect their craft. And, you know, the, you know, I'm not a specialist guy. You know what I mean? I can't go out there and tell them they're plant foot, all this kind of stuff. The, 
you know, you know, I'm not you, I'm not a guru and I don't know all the little things. I'm going to tell them wrong more than I'm going to tell them right. But, you know, one thing they've got to do is they've got to work with each other. They got to be self-motivated and they've got to go out there and they got to put the work in so they can go out there and produce when their, their time is called, whether it be in practice or in the game. And, you know, when you're looking for these guys, you gotta, you gotta watch them. You ought to watch a ton of film and you know, we got social media and it's open up and you can watch videos here and there. And that's great. You know, and it's easy to go out there on a field by yourself and kick and hit the sticks and punt when you got all the time in the world to catch it, mold it, you know, take, four steps if you want and all that kind of stuff but you know I think it's important you know like when I look at these guys I like you know this year has been different but uh you got to see them in person and see how they how how they do in pressure situations you got to see how they do when people are watching when they're competing against guys and you know what's their mindset what how do they do when they hit a great ball can they follow it up when they hit a really bad are they going to crumble are they going to are they going to be able to follow back up and bounce back? They miss a couple field goal kicks, two, three, two, three in a row. What's their, how do they follow that back up? What's their fight through that, you know, and seeing that, putting them in those situations and you watch how they do at camps. You know, I think, you know, the, the, the camps that they go to, the Coles, the Sailor, the Corn Blues, the Tanowski, all those top 40, you know, those type of camps when they get in situations where they're competing against top tier guys or guys on their same level how are they competing and how are they doing in those situations when you got guys out there kicking and scoring a bunch of points on their point system and you're going out there and missing field goals what you know what i mean i think that's important because you got to find those guys that are are those level-headed guys you know and that like that was that was big for us this year you know when we were looking at guys is finding the right guy and making sure the middle component and the, the mindset is how how we want it to be you know, because I think you worry when you got guys that, you know, that fall under that. When you get into some pressure situation and you put the, the spotlight on them that they just don't necessarily go out there and produce how they need to produce, you know. And there's some guys that when it when you put them in those situations, they really flourish. And they can be really talented and they can have a lot of really good things that you see on different clips and stuff like that. But when, it, when you put the spotlight on them and people are looking at them, what's going to happen? You know, are they going to, you know, and then, you know, finding those guys that have their consistent technique wise. I think that's critical. Like, leg strength can be gained. You know, obviously there's some guys that have more natural talent in doing it, but you can build that up. You know what I mean? But the technique, who can be consistent over, you know, day in, day out with what they do and how they do it, I think is big. But the mindset, their mentality, you know, when you're looking at these guys, because again, I use those two guys a lot when I'm looking, when I'm measuring up what I'm trying to find and my guys probably get tired of me talking about them, but I, that's what, that's just what my stand. that's, that's been the standard. That's been the guys that I've, I've really won. I really enjoyed coaching, you know, and I really enjoyed being around and we've had, we had a lot of success, you know, uh, with them and what they did and how they did and how they performed on the field, you know, and, that was a group I remember when we were leaving out of there my last day, we had, we sat in my office for two hours and just enjoyed the hell out of it, you know, and still text Greg and Dalton and some of the, those guys and stuff like that. And, you know, it's just, you know, you know, with those specialists, especially those guys, cause they're, you know, you guys are a little kooky anyway, uh, is, Not uh, wrong. which is great. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely love it. And I love, you know, when you get a room of really good ones that you enjoy being around, they, they lighten the load and they lighten the, they bring a fun and, you know, they, they bring some joy and some, 
some odd moments where they're just great, some good stories to tell around the fire sometime. But, um, you know, that's what you want to find guys that you want to be around that, you know, think like you. And, you know, I've been very, I've been very happy when I had that opportunity to coach those guys. And, you know, I'm feeling really good about the guys that we have right now. You know, we're kind of molding this room into how we want it to be and, you know, creating the culture that we want to have on the team, but also the unit. And, you know, so I, I'm excited about where our room is going. And, again, it's just about bringing the right guys and, you know, building the type of room you want to have. No, there's no question. There's no question. You guys, it sounds like you guys have done a great job building that, you know, right now. And, and, that, and that's just super cool. You know, and here's my other thing, too. You hit on it a lot, you know, with, you know, what you look for and, and how you look for them to perform. But, you know, what, what kind of questions do you ask their, you know, coaches or their, their parents, you know, what do you, you know, is there something that indicates, oh, this guy's going to be level-headed, this guy's going to be cool under the fire, or, you know, this guy might be kind of sporadic. Is there anything that you can think of? Um, you know, I think you always, you always talk to their head coach. I think it's always important to talk to the head coach on finding out what he like. You know, and you got to read that. You you got to read and make sure, you know, because again, all like just like when I heck when you you're selling your guys to the NFL and they're selling their guys to us, you know, they're gonna love their guys probably more than what some of their ability is. But at the same time, you you ask them how does he handle this? How how does he, you know, is it? And then you go how does he handle when in pressure situations? How does he handle when he doesn't? He's not doing well or, you know, things like that. And then try to ask them for examples. Can you give me an example of what you're talking about? And if they've got those examples, you know, like, you know, yeah, we were we were playing this guy, you know, we're up in this school and we've got another – he's got another kicker that's a high-rated kicker in the area and they knew they were going to play each other. And, and he really excelled knowing that he was going to be playing one of the top kickers in that area, you know, who's in his same class and really excelled and showcased. And, you know, he's he's had this game-winning kick and – did this and that, and you ask them, and then you talk to the, you know, you got to try to get a feel for the parents on how they, they, they've kind of raised them and type stuff, how they've kind of, what is he a self-motivator type of, de type of deal? Does he, does he need a lot of guidance? You know, are they, they kind of babying them? Do they have to take care of them a lot and stuff like that? I think when you talk with parents, you kind of find out, you know, what their role, not, you know, not necessarily their role, but kind of how they, the structure that they have for their son, you know, with, you know, does he get up on his own or do they have to, you know, do they have to wake him up for class to go to school? Do they have to remind him to do assignments? Do they have to remind him to do things? You know what I mean? And try to get a feel for, you know, like him, at, you know, him as as far as motivating factor and his desire to go out there and, you know, do it on his own and everything. And then, you know, when you talk, a lot of these guys that you're recruiting, you're, you they they go to these camps. I think it's important to have good dialogue and have good communication, have good relationships with these guys that run these camps because those guys go to them, you know, at least two times a year, most times, you know, if not more. And they get them in, you know, these big time camps, whether it's the top 12, where it's a Coles, you know, national scholarship camp, whether it's Donowski top 40, stuff like that. And then you got other guys like Dan Orner that does a great job over in the Carolinas and, you know, and then Brian, who's got the, I think, national kick, you know, NKR type of stuff. And, you know, we're trying to develop in those relationships and ask them how they're doing in those situations and, you know, finding out their thoughts, you know. And that's what we like, what we've done, especially this year when we were looking for our guy, is calling a bunch of t different people that have worked with them in different avenues and just kind of asking them, what, what, what is he like mentally? What is he like? How does he respond in those situations? 
What has been his progression this last year and his improvement? What have you seen in his growth? You know, stuff like that. And, you know, trying to get different perspectives and try to create a puzzle and try to put it all together and compile as much information as you can so you can go out there and make the best educated and informed decisions you possibly can. Because it's hard, you know. I think it's one of the hardest positions, one of the hardest positions to go out there and, and go out there and predict how well they're going to do, you know, because there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good specialists out there. Now they're, you know, the, the difference between this guy and this guy is very minimal, you know, and there's some really top guys that go out there and perform really well when they get into their school. And there's some guys that are top guys that don't perform well, you know what I mean? They go out there and they can't handle it, you know, and you gotta, you gotta sift through the rankings. You know, that's one thing that you can get blinded by. Oh, it's the number one kicker in the country, number one punter in the country, whatever it is. But you gotta fit what you do. You gotta fit your style, your mentality, what your culture, what you want. And he's gotta fit the mold that you're looking for. You know what I mean? If you just go out there and you're just trying to sign the top recruit because he's the number one guy or he's a five-star, well, you're not always getting that, you know? And so you got to do your homework and you got to ask those tough questions. And heck, this was a process like for us, shoot, I called everybody and I think I called them twice and I got more film than I've ever, you know, watched as far as a specialist and stuff like that. Cause it was really difficult this year, especially for us not being able to see him live, not be able to get out in spring, not be able to see him at camps, uh, in the summer and now not going to be able to see him anywhere in the fall, you know? And so nerve wracking by no, by any means, but I like, you know, I think the live eval is really, really crucial when you're trying to find these guys, because you get to see a lot of those things that you don't necessarily see on their highlight or on the, on the huddle tapes, you get to see the reactions, their, you know, their body language, their, 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 the emotion of their, their mindset and what they're like when they make or, miss a kick or miss a punt or whatever you know miss hit a punt type of stuff so yeah you get to hear the sound of the ball you know what that sound of the ball is coop is 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 big absolutely absolutely yeah that's that's something that's definitely been harder you know and 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 it will be going forward but that is those are some very valid points i like that a lot you know here's my question to you and I, i was thinking about this especially being a young guy you know in your experiences like when you went to fau you know what is like the, you know, the, the biggest mistake you could make as a, you know, new coming special teams coach or, or, you know, something that you wish you could do over again uh, for a, you know, a, a newly positioned special teams coordinator? You know, I think any, any time you go and I have this on my, you know, it's funny. I have this on my phone. I have like all these notes and stuff like that yeah. of, things when you and, I, and that, that was something that you know I remember writing this uh, and let me think if I let me see if I can find it here is of when you came in some questions that you I think you ask you know your players you know because anytime you come in into a new situation you take over a team you know a new staff comes in a new head coach comes in you know, it's very easy to dismiss what the old staff does. And I think that's a, I think that's a big mistake, you know, because those guys were good, are good coaches and they're there for a reason. Maybe they didn't have the production that they needed in order to stay there. Maybe, you know, it just didn't work out in the direction they needed to be. But I don't think one thing that I've, I've seen in the past, not necessarily everywhere, but I've, you know, you know, read, you know, seen a little bit here and there is, you know, you don't bash the old staff. You don't bash the old hood coach. You don't bash the old ways of, of doing things. You know, it's, 
you got to find out when you come into a new situation. I think it's very important for you to come in because those players decide to go there, not because of you, but because of the coaching staff and that university before you got there. Now they're inheriting you. You know what I mean? And you go in there, and I think it's very important. And I'm not saying you got to walk on eggshells, but I think you got to go in there and you got to be very understanding. You got to talk to these guys. You got to have real conversations with the players, the staff that, you know, any staff that's around, around, left on the staff there, as far as, you know, a lot of it, you see a more support assistant type roles, you know, your, your administrative assistants, DFO, stuff like that, compliance, and find out the information that how it was and how things were done and, you know, things they like, things they didn't like, you know, and talk to the players the same thing, you know, ask them, you know, things that they liked about what, how things were done, things that they didn't think were great, that think they could improve upon. I think that's when you're coming in, like the four questions, I think, you know, I put this on here, four questions to, to ask a player or any staff member when you're, you're, you're jumping into a new program, you know, what do we need to, what do we need to sustain? You know what I mean? What, what do we have to go out there to 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 sustain the the you know you may come into a program that's already had success you know a coach may retire may decide to move on to a different job where he's had success he did a really good job at a G five school and now he's going into a Power five school well they had success so let's say Neil Brown left Troy to go to take West Virginia well Troy ain't broken they got good players they got a good culture they've got a good setup well how do we sustain that? that that success that you guys have had what did you guys do in the past how did you guys do it you know calling them you know calling that old staff times you know it's easier to do with the successful programs than the non yeah. but if you got a good relationship with any of those coaches or you just reach out to those coaches and say hey what was kind of going on with the program someone that you may trust and say hey you know tell me a little bit about this you know i know that's something that we you know our head coach was able to do here you know, when we came in, I think, what do we, you ask the players or anybody around, you ask them, what do you need to improve? You know, what are the areas of improvement that this program can take? You know, what was the number one issue for, you know, the, you know, the lack of success, for instance, or what was the number one, what was the one number one thing that you thought led to your success, you know, and, you know, and then you ask, you know, one thing I think is cool that you ask them, you go, Hey, if I, you were named head coach, what would you do? What would be your first couple moves? How would you go about it? You know, and so, you know, things like that, I think, is important when you're coming in because you can come in, you can have your chest out like a peacock, say, we're taking over this, we're going to do it our way. But, you you know, you understand there's things that, that were good in that program maybe, and there may be some things that weren't. And you got to change, you're going to do it your way. But, you know, and but the guys at the same time, these guys are coming in. They didn't sign up to play for you. These guys are coming in, you're new, you're a stranger, you know, and you come in, you got to be understanding. You got to come in there and you got to talk to them. You got to, you know, tell them about yourself, get to know them, let them get to know you. And then you start implementing what you do and how you do it. And they, you start building that culture and the way you want to do it. But, you know, you don't there, if there's things that they've had success and things that the players liked and things that, you know, you know, that fall in line with what you do, try to build upon that and if there's terminology that you know like heck i'm not I, the guy may not uh coach woodward, woodward i think was the special teams guy here before i got here well i got on the the main what the main uh excellent the the what you call it the main uh, server for here at the university for athletics and stuff and it was football boom jumped on and said punt 
I clicked on it and there's their punt. So, so I, Hey, how can I, any terminology that can, that can, I can carry over from what some of these guys uh, that did in the past, how can I, how can I make that very similar and some stuff like that? Or I pull clips from years before, you know, I've done that, gone through the season before we got here. Like I did that here at Akron and was able to pull some positive clips, some teaching clips that we would, that you'd use in your installs and stuff like that to show some things that they did well. And you know what I mean? Highlight some guys and, you know, and just kind of say, Hey, you know, acknowledge you guys had some success. Like they beat, the, they beat Northwestern the year before we got here. It's a big deal. You beat a big 10 program that mm-hmm. has had success, that has a great culture and you beat them in their place so i pulled some some clips out of that game you know what i mean and just showcasing and highlighting that for them you know so i think communication talking with the players getting to understand their side getting to understand the people around the program if they're around and you're able to talk with them or what kind of happened in the program things that you can do to sustain the success or build on success or things you can improve and make it better for the players for the staff or you know just the overall outlook of the program i think is important you know, and, you know, and, and then just always having open conversations with guys is, is huge. The communication, no matter what, you know, when you're taking over a program, you're in a program, you're talking with guys about rosters, uh, their depth chart and everything like that. You got to be honest and open with your communication. Here's where you are. Here's what, here's where we feel you are. We, this is your role right now. You know, these are things that you got to, these are the positive things that you do. These are the negative things that you do. This is how you got to improve to improve your status or your role on this team, whatever it may be. You know, I think communication, it always comes down to it. When you have unhappy people and unhappy, and whether it be in business, whether it be in football, whether it be, you know, players and stuff like that, it comes down to lack of communication and not being upfront, transparent, and honest with the guys, you know. And like we talk about, like we were talking about those those roster change, you know, that those meetings in camp and stuff, like those evaluations. Well, you we, we, we also meet with those guys after those meetings. We meet with every player after every, those meetings and we sit down with them. Here's where you are. Here's what we're, you know, what you're doing, where we need to see you improve. Like what we do with our specialists, we have a packet. We got everything charted, like I'm not sure that you have. We got every kick charted, every punt charted, every snap charted, where it is, located, all these kind of fancy-looking charts and stuff like that, and we hand it to them every week. They get one. Every time we go through that evaluation, here's your new packet. Here's where you are. Here's your field goal percentage, your PAT percentage. Here's your hang time, your distance, your accuracy on everything you do, and you let them know where they are. So when you come down and you get to that final week and you come into those decisions, you go, here's why we're making the decision. And this is why we're doing it, you know, and stuff like that. And I think they appreciate it. It's not always easy to hear, but I think they appreciate it. So whether you're coming into a program or you're in the program, I think communication, you know, having open and honest, you know, talks between you, your players, the staff, everybody, everybody being on the same page is crucial. And, you know, especially with your players, you know, you gotta, you gotta always be upfront and honest. And they, it's not necessarily always what they like hearing, but as long as you're upfront and you tell them the truth and you tell them why you're making the decision and it's an educated decision, it's just because you don't like me or I like that guy better. No, it's because this is the data. This is my, this is what my gut is telling me based off the data that I have. And, you know, we think this guy's going to put us in the best position. They respect that. You know, they don't always agree with it. And they may be upset about it, but you can't be mad at us. You know what I mean? They're not going to be mad at us. It, it is what it is. It's the decision that we're making. And these are the things that you have to improve to change that situation. And, 
then you put the ball back in their court type of stuff. But yeah, no question. I, I mean, that's I kind of went in a different direction towards the end there. My bad. No, that's awesome. It just pops in my head and it start rolling. Like I was talking to my guys yet today, and I was we were talking about you know some cadence stuff, and I was like, yeah, on the way home from work yesterday, I just decided. I don't like the, what we call our cadence on this. I don't like how we call this. I want to change those words. And they're like, why did you just think about that? I go, I don't know. I just It just popped in my head. Just, I don't like those words, so we're going to change it. I think that's good, man. You're an active thinker. That means you're, yeah, you know, no. you're high functioning. You're yeah. thinking many different things at one time. Just trying to keep my, keep myself distracted from anything else. <laughs> no, that's really good, though. I think that does show that you care, like, you know, especially for my specialists, too. I make sure every day I'm bringing them a new chart. And just because I care about their results, you know, it might not be a competition aspect. It might just be like, hey, here's where you are today. Here's where you're at yesterday. Did we get better? Did we get worse? You know, and it shows that like, hey, he's paying attention to what we're doing here and taking us very seriously. I'm sure they appreciate that. Yeah, I hope they do. I mean, the meetings have all been good. And when we've had those tough decisions, when we're at, because we've had those, we had battles last year for, you know, all our positions and stuff like that, and more punter and kicker oriented last year. And when we had to make those decisions, it, you know, we had the, we were able to say, hey, this is why we're doing it. And there wasn't a lot of conflict with it. You know what I mean? There wasn't a lot of, you know, ill will or, you know, those guys thinking there was any bad intentions or anything other than this is who puts us in the best position to, to go out there and be successful. And then again, what I tell them all the time, it changes. You can go out there and win the job halfway through the season. If that guy's not doing what he needs to do and you're performing and we feel more comfortable with you, well, we'll put you in the position. Sure. sure. I think that's great. That's honest. And that's the best way you can be about that. 100%. That's great. Well, again, Chris, uh, thanks so much, man, for being on. I know for sure I've learned a ton. I'm sure all the listeners have too. Just about mentality uh, and how to create that great culture on your team, I think is so important the coaches uh even more than the x's and o's so thank you for that no i appreciate you having me on it, it was a pleasure like i said i've you know i've really enjoyed getting to know you over the years and you know love seeing you have the success that you're having and being at such a great place that i know value special teams where i know you're going to learn a bunch and got great mentorship up there and you know excited to see you guys excel and you know you know, on the field and off the field and hopefully create opportunities for yourself. And just appreciate you having me on and allowing me to kind of blow blow some smoke out uh, of my mouth there and tell some things that, you know, hopefully will help some guys. And, you know, if I can do anything for anybody else, you know, please feel free to reach out to me on, on Twitter or anything. It's just my name at Coach Chris Hurd. And yeah, say, anyway, what's, your, what's your email or your I- uh, Email is uh, at edu. Uh, so you can hit me up on either one of those. Like I said, I've I've been able to in this offseason to grow professionally and develop by just watching a bunch of talks and podcasts and any way I can get on any information and, you know, just trying to further my development as a coach because you never can know enough and can never, you know, go out there and, and implement new things that can help your players go out there and be successful. So anyway, whether it be on the field, you know, or off the field, any way we can enhance their ability to be successful. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me any way I can help. I uh, would love to be a resource and vice versa. If, you know, you go out there and put some good information, I'm going to do the same to you. Awesome. No question. No question. Well, thanks, Coach. I know you inspired me, you know, and I, like I said, I think you're one of the big time special teams coaches out there. So 
yeah, it means a lot for you to uh, come on this podcast with us. No, it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. All right, man. Hey, have a good one. All right, you do the same. Thanks for listening. And if you have any questions you'd like asked or select guests coming up, follow and send us a message on Twitter and Instagram to Iceman underscore kicking or IcemanKicking at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us and turn notifications on YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Iceman Kicking Podcast and rate and review us on Apple Music. This will be important as we will have giveaways going forward. Also, check out our TikTok under the same name for the best clips from these interviews. And tune in next week for another great special teams mind. I'm Brett Arkellian, and for everyone at the Iceman Kicking Podcast, we hope you stay cool under pressure. Have a great week.